What did you guys think of Ivorian Doll? Why are you guys laughing? Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. You are here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Shopper. And we have a very special guest today who Shopper will introduce. Okay, right. So today we have a very special guest. We have Stefan Burton in the building, the virtual building. <laughs> a London-based celebrity hairstylist and groomer who works across editorial music videos, red carpet events, advertising and commercial be- beauty. The receipts are plenty. The receipts are long. Uh, full <laughs> magazine, Sunday Times <laughs> style, Harper's Bazaar, Kalani, Letitia Wright, Adam Lambert, Virgo Italia, the list goes on. My guy's been out here. What? You were on my website, weren't you? <laughs> do you have to do research? <laughs> so, how are you today, sir? That's good to hear. Uh, okay. That's good to hear. Um, I'm good. I think this is the first podcast interview where I've like properly like creamed my hair and like sprayed it and made sure everything is good before starting the interview. It it kind of failed. That's on purpose. But um, literally, um, when I heard who we were interviewing today, I was like, okay, cool. So I can't come lacking. Um, so yeah, man, I'm all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. Like it's been a, f- a fairly quiet week for me. Um, I've been on holiday from work for a week. Haven't really gone anywhere, but just needed some time off. Um, but yeah, like it's a new week, a new start to this podcast and I'm all good. I'm feeling really Zen. How is everyone else doing? I'm good. Um, it's been a week where I've kind of taken some time off writing. So that's been great um weather's getting better as well so i saw that the temperature is going to be like really good next week so i want to do some bike rides before like autumn sets in and stuff but yeah in terms of this week it's been very mentally like getting back to normal because last week was just hectic as hell but yeah how are you shopee i'm well um um i was obviously not here last week i needed some much needed reprieve and rest and relaxation which inspired me returning to capitalism and babylon this week i i did i did get that i can say that i got what i needed um you didn't know it probably should have been a bit longer but hey ho what can we do but um yeah i guess i'm now just readjusting to once again another week another few months another few years of oh this thing called work oh god boy <laughs> wow <laughs> Um, Pardon me? You asked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said the full thing, though. Yeah, rather than just I'm okay, like, we got the full thing. That's good. Well, you didn't um, get the full thing, but this is more than usual, so... Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, What was it like listening to the podcast, like, outside of recording it? What was that like? Well, this is the second time I've been off, but yeah, it was it was fine. I, you know, it was 
nice to just kind of just enjoy it and not really think about anything. I just listen to it like I listen to any anything else. But um, you know, obviously I would like side eye several things you both said, but I do that anyway. Like what? Bring your seats. <laughs> I'm ready. Um Oh god, I know what he's gonna say. I can't remember. There was something about give you that you didn't that you know was like, no. Okay, yeah. The I had I had some some issues with the Adele conversation, but I can't remember exactly what it said. Just most important, most important. Actually, there was something else. I don't remember, but um, I really enjoyed the Joe Budden discussion and the podcast discussion you guys had. I really enjoyed that Twitch conversation you had and um, the love fest in the beginning between what everyone is doing. That was that was nice. But most importantly, actually, I'm not even going to say that. Let's just move on. Nick, is is this praise? Um, it's 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 critical thought. It's critical thought. So you know, oh, I'm just, just I just wanted to hear what Shopper had gripes with. Yeah, I'm, I'm always just, interested. It's just something new that I'm feeling. Um, Stefan, <laughs> can I ask you a very important question because this was a debate in in the in the group chat. Can I ask if you're from London? Yeah, I'm from London. I grew up I grew up in Fulham. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Lokes. Um, where would you categorize um, like Barnet in terms of northeast, southwest? Oh gosh, um, I would say like, oh my god, I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> I would say no like, pressure. Like east. Oh, oh, <laughs> what? oh wait, wait east? hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? It, so the <laughs> so it's east? north. It's north. Slash northwest. No, but... it's north. Oh, is it? So apparently, no, do you know what I'm thinking? Do you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking of Romford. Ah, oh, okay, 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 okay. Not yeah, Barnet. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, the reason yeah. I asked is because last episode is a is a really kind of like um, what's the word? Like I'm being petty for a reason. Like last week we spoke about Nines' album and how he's from Northwest, and Chopper decided to message me and say you're not from Northwest. You're actually from North London. So I just wanted to double check where everyone thinks places are. Because as far as I know, yeah. like Mill Hill East is northwest apparently. When I looked it up, so I think I'm from north northwest, but I'll accept I'm from north. I just wanted to get your opinion. I, I would say north. Yeah, I would say north. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. I would say north. Yeah, one is north. Oh, but you said oh. east. <laughs> I said I said east because I was thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about it. <laughs> All right, cool. Um. That's cool. So should we start with the episode, seeing as everyone's in good spirits and everyone's cool? Shopper, should we talk about what we've been listening to for the week? Right, so let's get into it. So I'm going to start things off with the the queen of lacking diction and pronunciation, Scissor. <laughs> oh, oh I, I, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> well, it could be Tony Braxton, Ariana Grande, there's quite a few. <laughs> But wow. yeah, I, really, I really thought you were going to say Tony Braxton. Yeah, Tony Braxton after like 2002, definitely, I don't know what she's saying most of the time, but I love her, respecting <laughs> Lennox. But SZA, uh, so let's get into it. So she released her new single, Hit Different, which she dollar sign last week. I was away when this came out, so I saw all the jokes, all the reactions, but I actually didn't hear it until I got back mm. home. And I was like, oh, you guys aren't joking. I actually don't know what she's saying. Like, I have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> she's saying. Like, at all. It just oh, literally man. sounds like... I'm going to quote my favourite tweeter, this guy called Dolly. He said, it sounds like she's just chewing chocolate. <laughs> what an analogy. I have no idea what she's saying. Like, literally, I have no clue what she's saying. However, 
It's a tune. I really like it. <laughs> it's a great song. I love the video. Um, yeah, I love the production produced by the Neptunes, um, which kind of surprised me because even though I love Pharrell, Pharrell in, in recent years has been a bit... Mm. But no, I really like it. And it kind of made me realize how much I actually missed Scissor on the scene. And uh, piggybacking off that, I've been revisiting her back catalog. So I've been listening to like bits of Control, bits of Cease's Run, bits of the Z mixtape. And um, yeah, so I've been in a Scissor vibe um, these last few days. But Hit Different has really got me excited for this next album, which I'm assuming is coming out in the next few months. So yeah, it's a really, really good song. But I have no idea what she's saying. So, you know, hey ho, speaking in tongues, you know. Get your life. Do you feel like with Scissor, that's like part of her almost allure, the, the, the you know, singing with peanut butter stuff? <laughs> <and that thing>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's funny you say that because on her last album and, and her early oh, work yeah. especially, I, I understand she was not the best at, you know, clarifying what she was saying, but I could make out generally what she's saying. But literally this song, I've heard it like 5,000 times this week. I still cannot tell you what she's saying. <laughs> that gives it replay value, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. Try and investigate what she's saying. You know, yeah. I, I interpret this as me listening to, like when I listen to Spanish artists or when I listen to French artists. Oh my God. <laughs> that far down the spectrum. Yeah. It's like... Nah, this is disrespectful. You can't say Spanish. Eden, your tweets were disrespectful, so you don't have any ground to stand on right now. Listen, with Twitter, the game is the game. I can't even lie. Like, (laughs) you gotta hold hold it, man. Yeah, the song's great, but I can't tell you what it's about. But, you know, shout out to to Tadola Sign. So, I guess it's about some sort of, you know, love gone wrong. So... (laughs) I guess it's about... As for Sisters and Verses, like there's there's a particularly one line. I'm not gonna re-sing it, but I was like, this literally sounds like gibberish. Like I'm not gonna repeat it, but like Boy. I just yeah, Scissor. But yeah, it's good to have you back. Um you've been missed. Shopping, can I just say with the visual as well, it's her first directorial debut. Yes, like, I saw that. that. Yeah. So that, that was amazing. amazing. Yeah. So for her to do that. I saw that I watched an interview with Zane Lowe and I saw that. Like a, Same, same, yeah. A very good effort for her first direct um directing like i really enjoyed the video like I everything was well done i liked the rollout um and yeah and i actually like that it's kind of like um for scissor it's kind of uh decidedly contemporary r&b like for her she kind of you know dibbles with the alternative things you have like the rock thing or the random genres and mix the big jambalaya but it's like a very like oh this isn't you know a contemporary r&b song but it's still me i like it i like it a lot mm. and i just want to shout out um a few random songs from her past, so like Broken Clocks, Sobriety, Diffraxia. Uh, yeah, Scissor. We love the catalogue. Um, so we look forward to the next project. Um, next up, we are going to get into Victoria Monet, who, in my opinion, is the most overrated woman of 2020. Oh, God. Um, overrated? Oh. So okay. everyone and their dad, everyone and their mom, everyone and their dog, would swear up and down that Victoria Monet is like the greatest thing to emerge in 2020. And I have to be honest, every song she's put out, I'm like, okay, it's nice. It's not life-changing. It's not groundbreaking, but you know, she's cool, whatever. But um, so she put out her album Jaguar like a month ago now or a month and a half ago, whatever. And once again, the timeline was just jumping, doing jumping Jack Flash and doing the most. I was like... <laughs> Then I first play, I'm like, is this it? Like, I really thought I was going to be getting some, like, 
innovative and it's like it's just nice it's just it's nice like by no means is she bad but i think people give her way too much but that being said i can say the project has grown on me quite a bit these last few weeks and there's a particular song on there which i've played a lot over the last month and a half but definitely this, this last week and when i was away so the first track moment so i'm gonna shout that song out um, really, really, really nice song. And I think she does do a good slow jam. She does do a good slow jam. I think she, um, floats in that. But in my opinion, I think she's a, she's an example of someone who's a better songwriter than an artist. Not every songwriter needs to be an artist. And I think she's another one of those examples. <laughs> she gave her best work to Ariana Grande, Chloe and Halle and Brandy. And that's okay. Um. I, I didn't know she wrote for Brandy. What did she do for Brandy? She did, yeah. She wrote Rather Be and um, Did she? No Tomorrow. I like that song. Wow. I feel like she's the better songwriter. Like, you know, let's put her with the Priscilla Renee, the Esther Dean bag. Like I knew you were gonna say Esther Dean. Like Esther Dean's own music just wasn't it. But you know, she's getting those <laughs> publishing checks for everyone else she's written for and living a wonderful life, a blessed life, a charmed life. <laughs> Not a charmed life. <laughs> You're actually so dumb, I swear to God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> So lastly, my last recommendation, we are veering into uh, uncense music, as Black Twitter Ooh. would say. Um, <laughs> so Disclosure, they put out their third album, Energy, two weeks ago. And I really just started getting into it um, this week. And um, I will first say that it is a bit of a letdown compared to the masterpiece that was their first two albums, especially the last one, like Carousel. Like, that was probably one of my favourite albums of that year. Like, I played that album to death. I loved their last album, Adore It. And I'm still getting into this album, so I can't really give too much into it. But I really do like it. I like it a lot. And I said on our Twitter that I like that they've really, like, uh, worked with a lot of obscure African artists for this album and really mixing, like, uh, their vocal styles and mixing their sensibilities with, like, house music and garage music and, like, soulful dance. So, like, uh... There's a song on there called Do Her Mali Mali featuring uh, Fatou Mata Dewara. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's a, an artist from Mali and she's an amazing artist. She's, she's an amazing um, Malian folk artist. She released an album called Fen Fen 2018, which is really good. She's one of my favourite African artists of recent years. And then there's also another song on there called Sinepa featuring Blake Bassi. And I believe he's from. Let me find that. He's from Cameroon. And it's a really, really, really cool song. And it kind of just makes me sad that I'm not going to be able to go to a club or a house party and really experience that. Because that's what house music is for and dance music is, you know, to be enjoyed in, you know, group circumstances. So there's some really cool, interesting production here. I love the song with Mick Jenkins. There's a song on here with Slow Tower, which I really like. And, um... Oh, the one with Kaladi and Sid is really good. So, yeah, it's, it's a, just a, a great album. A nice, like I said, a nice, uh, beautiful mesh of various sounds. But I just love the, the choice of artists they've worked with this time. Because last time they worked with, not like they were the biggest names, but like they were more well-known names. Like so Sam Smith, The Weeknd, Lord, Miguel. By the way, Good Intentions, featuring Miguel on the last album. Press play, pause this now, play that song. Fucking banger. Incredible song. Yeah, Incredible song. But you know, this new album is really good. So um, I would really recommend Do Her Mali Mali, Sene Nepa, Birthday, Reverie, Expressing What Matters. Yeah, it's a really, really good album. And it's kind of come at a good time because I feel like Eden and Nick are aware, especially in our group chat, that 
over the last year, I'm definitely becoming a bit of a house, a bit of a house nerd. I've always liked electronic music, but I've really found myself really getting into like house producers and DJs, especially the black ones. You know, we've got to do the, you know, you know, piss pump in the air, like our own people. Um, yeah, so that has been my listens for the week. Disclosure, uh, Scissor and Victoria Monet. That's good. That sounds like a very busy week of music. So many different genres. And I'm glad you managed to listen to some music you enjoyed this week. Um, For me, I'm going to go probably with two, well, one album and one song that I was listening to. So Merkaj Dan, Change My Life is an album I was listening to. So Merkaj Dan is an artist who's been around since 2016. He's influenced by like Garage and R&B. And listening to this album, I was kind of a bit skeptical because I'd never heard of him before. And... Actually, I have heard of him before. I heard one song which I didn't like, which was featuring who was it? Um, I think it was J.K. Um, and when I got into this album, I didn't know what to expect really, because the song I heard with J.K. was like full of auto tune, and it was just awful. It was terrible. Um, so when I listened to this album, I was quite surprised. There are songs on there like "Keep Up the Bad Work," which samples um, Eclipse's "Grinding," um, the kind of um, bass on that over like a piano instrumental and then there's like garage elements on it on like white nikes in the rain um, and there's a remix which i liked as well on a new artist which i found is amazing um called Peyton. so she is from texas um she's worked with i can't remember off the top of my head though someone i think it was vince staples but i might be wrong but she reminds me of ari, like ari lennox and um, his music in particular is very, very different to what's out at the moment. I wouldn't say I would be rushing to listen to it if I was a listener. But if you heard White Nikes in the Rain, for example, you would like that because it's got like elements of nostalgia in it towards the end. Can't remember the name of the Garage song that it samples, but there's a Garage song at the end which he sings. Um, and Keep Up the Bad Work and... Um, there was one more about being on put put you on my shoulders it's kind of like black masculinity like love type of theme that he goes with like um talks about mental health a lot kind of black men needing each other and everything um so it's got quite a few nice elements on it but overall as a project there are only like snippets of like songs that i like on there but i would recommend listening to the ones that i did recommend they are quite good um next i will go to i said one album let me make it to mordecai Cool. So for my second listen, I've been listening to Krangabin, I think they're called, and their album is called Mordecai. Um, so they're a collection formed by Laura Lee um, and Mark Spear. Um, but I mainly listen to it for the riffs as I'm learning guitar at the moment. Um, and it's just kind of a relaxing type of album to listen to. I previously, we previously recorded this or something that happened, but um, Shope let me know that he liked this album as well. I thought he didn't, but I realized I was actually speaking to someone else before. Um, but it's one of the rare albums that both Shope and I like. Um, I think I just assumed he didn't like it because I did. So <laughs> I think that's just what happened. Please, um, but I've been a... a fan. Please. Okay. <laughs> but it is a really good album. If you're looking for something to just chill to and just kind of just vibe to whilst you're doing something, or even if you're learning an instrument, for example, it's a great instrumental album to listen to. Um, so that is Mordecai. We'll put the name in the description as well. I don't want to butcher it again. Um, but in terms of songs to listen to, I love Fa Father Bird, Mother Bird. Um, I love If There Is No Question. And um, what's the other one? Uh, one to Remember. So there's quite a few on there that I actually love, but those are the three that stand out for me. 
And then lastly, this song was recommended to me by one of our podcast friends, Khalil. Um, it's, it's by Salt and it's called Masterpiece. This song is about, let me see how long it is. It's quite a long song, actually. Yeah, it's about five minutes long, five minutes and 43 seconds long. And it's like a mixture of R&B and uh, it's like, it sounds like it's chopped and screwed, but it's not. But it's quite a long song. It's, it's another vibey type of song to listen to. Um, and I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's a lover of R&B. Um, I play this when I'm doing work, when I'm literally just chilling in my room. It's one of those things you can just vibe to. So I definitely recommend that. And those three have been my listens um, for this week. I haven't really been that productive because, like I said, it was my week off and I was trying not to listen to a lot of things. I was listening to a lot of old things, still like nines, for example. But for the last two weeks, I've been speaking about that. So that is me. Nicholas, what have you been listening to? Actually, before Nick goes, I just want to say that um, Nines' album is also something that I was playing. Not re- not this week, but when I was off, I really, really liked his album. A good, well, good an ex friend of mine introduced me to him many years ago an ex friend but he he put me on to him in like 2017 and i've listened to every project of his since then so like i really loved his last album crop circle and um yeah that's what to say that crabs in the bucket really good album and i'm very happy for him to be number one northwest stand up nicholas and i shop anyways anyways nick shopper you live like anyways anyways yes nick, in northwest london yes Okay, yes, okay, Shafi. Nick, what are you listening to? Sorry, forgot. Um, yeah, so um I am gonna just say one album because I feel like I chat so much um <laughs> in this section. So um I'm gonna say Renaissance Boy by Galamantius. Um it is eleven songs long, thirty-one minutes, so it isn't too long to digest. Um he's worked with Alina Baraz, um, he's a producer first and foremost does really great electronic music and I love electronic R&B so it just kind of melded well together in terms of my taste this week I read an interview with him with Donna Claire shout out to her on DJ Booth um, last week so I just said let me jump into what he's actually talking about and I really just it gives me strong SG Lewis vibes in terms of how it sounds like in terms of the electronic palettes in terms of how it's just very, it's very in its own universe. He's very much in his own universe, just doing his own thing, creating his own sonic palette. And that is what I respect SG for. Um, and he he creates really great productions. I think in terms of him being a London-based artist, um, doesn't get a lot of respect in terms of like online, in terms of when people are calling out producers they love. He's, he's made incredible productions. So I think this album kind of ranged true to that sound. Um, I'm going to say that some favourite songs on the project are Sinner, which is on the second half, Red Eye and Let Go. Uh, it just talks about a relationship pretty much and how independent he is in terms of this era of his life. Um, but yeah, it's a really strong project and it's only, 30, as I said, 31 minutes. So I think if you're, I don't know, out somewhere or working from home it's a great soundtrack to kind of work from home and that is my um listen of the week so it's called renaissance boy stefan our guest what have you been listening to for the last week um so i i feel like when i'm listening to music i'm either like 20 years behind or two weeks behind so i'm still listening to the tony braxton album the new tony braxton album called spell my name which i'm pretty impressed by i quite like it um 
I think it's it's much better than her previous much effort. better much much better um yeah so I'm I'm still really into it I'm I'm a big fan of Tony Braxton I think she's great I love how she's she's been able to um stay current but still keep that original Tony sound to her so I've been listening to that um secondly I'm still listening to because I think they came out on the same day I'm still listening to the new Legacy album um as you may be able to tell from my choices I'm as much of an uncle as shop is um so yeah I'm still listening to the shop to the um Legacy album my favorite song is called same love track three those for me those first three tracks are amazing but one two three it's like it's just like a triple whammy of of really great music and then I'm listening to there's a like a duo a brass brass band duo or brass section duo uh, called Brass Tracks um and I think they've got they released their I think it's their fourth album uh, a couple of weeks ago I think it's called Golden Ticket um and I've, I've been a fan of theirs I think they they gained prominence from I'll whisper it Chance the Rapper <laughs> um, I think that's that's how they gained prominence I can't remember what song it was but that kind of sound um but they're so much better than that. Um, but I've been I've I've been listening to to them for a long time, and they they it's almost like a a Robert Glasper situation where they just invite loads of different artists onto their onto their music. And yeah, I'm listening to that album, really into it. Um, they do amazing things with their chord progressions. Just yeah, we've got a song called "Will Call" with um, Elliot Summer Stum, Summer Skinner Elliot Skinner. And yeah, that's my, those are my picks for the, for the week. That's what I'm listening to. And listen, and I'm going to definitely save this album. I've never heard of Brass Tracks, but you have, I've never heard of them. I was going to say it's a deja vu moment because our first guest of season one, Vanessa, um, introduced Brass Tracks to us. Um, she said that was her listen for the week. So it's quite interesting that it's your listen for the week as well. Yeah, they're, they're really great. They, they do some really great things with, with, their music and then the artists that they choose as well. Yeah, I, I haven't had the chance to check them out actually. Actually, we had that interview like a two years ago to the day, yeah. and I don't think I've actually checked it out. So I will now, now that you recommended it. Yeah, check it out. It's it's a really good project, and all of their projects really. And they've got some really good in- instrumental stuff as well as as vocals and yeah, really good. And when you said Robert Glasper kind of vibe, I'm like I'm a massive Robert Glasper fan, so that sold me. Yeah, it's it's when I say the Robert Glasper kind of vibe, I mean in terms of like how they uh introduce other artists onto their project. I don't mean in terms of sound. I mean their their stuff is, you know, very soulful, R and B, jazzy. Um, but in terms of like collaboration, that's that's what I mean by the Robert Glasper vibe. Cool. Okay, cool. So we're going to head into the news section now. Um, we're going to start with a platform which we've covered pretty much throughout quarantine, throughout this season and last. Um, we're going to start with Versus. Uh, so this platform has announced pretty much the creme de la creme of um, musical artists to go head to head. You guys would have heard it once this episode is live, but it's tomorrow for us. Um, it is, I can't believe that I can even say these names, but Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle will have gone head to head, hopefully by the time you guys hear this podcast episode. So yes, this announcement happened this week. 
um crazy announcements um the masterclass we've all been waiting for and then they added gladys knight and obviously patty labelle um leave your church clothes on all sunday and pull up to the affairs of all <laughs> affairs you're gonna get dressed up in your sunday's best for this one so it's really shocking so many memes so many outfits so many kitten heels that i saw on the timeline all throughout and hats and top hats and all sorts people are heading to sunday's function in their church finest with old school fragrances all sorts um yeah soul is about to be hit we're about to you know be taken to the church again um versus is doing crazy things and i'm just so happy that they're honoring um so many different generations at once obviously the last verses that we saw was brandy versus monica which are two hallmarks of you know 90s r&b quintessentially still artists who are operating today but now we have just a generation generations before and it's just it's crazy to kind of just see versus evolution um i'm really happy for this one personally um i want to hear you guys' thoughts though i think stefan should start oh okay well i'm i'm super excited for it um i'm i'm gonna be eating this is my <laughs> this is my time to eat no um i'm really excited <laughs> for it i'm i'm a big fan of both both gladys and and Patty, I, I actually saw Gladys tonight last year at the Royal Albert Hall. Wow. Um, yeah, she was she was really great. And I say it a lot on, on Twitter, but she's she's managed to preserve her voice so well. One thousand percent. She she for me, she's preserved her voice better than anybody that has come, really. Um she, her voice is still so full. And I think what probably a lot of younger people don't realise is is how much of an effect her music has had on black music. And they, I think Patty has more of a, uh, I don't know, maybe a, an appeal and she's more recognizable, maybe visually, but I think yeah. Gladys is, is she's, she's, she's not some old lady. She's, she's got loads and loads of hits. Like in the 60s and 70s, it was all about Gladys. I think, and, and the 80s, but I, I think Patty kind of took over towards the 80s. But I'm Gladys was still doing that thing. For me, Gladys, it's all about Gladys. I love Patty, but I'm, I'm here for Gladys. You know, it's funny you say that because in terms of... So I'll start off by saying that this is like the the Respecting Legends edition of Versus. Yeah, the, the actual legends. Like, literally. Like, this is the Got To Be Real edition of Versus. Like, all we need is Dion Warwick, uh, Aretha from Heaven. Yeah, like, all we, that's all we need. But no, um... Aretha's not participating. She she would not participate. No, she wouldn't. But, you know, in spirit, she'll be in heaven, you know, casting down <laughs> negative comments, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it's funny you say that, because I, I actually do agree with you that in terms of, like, in terms of hits, like, pure standard hits, it's Gladys all the way. But for me, yeah. in terms of, like musicality so i when it comes to patty labelle obviously i love her i love her solo work but for me my favorite era of patty labelle was labelle the group like yeah. they were like so avant-garde mixing like funk with rock yeah and that kind of afrofuturism yes exactly yeah 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 and i always say so, so to me the lion's share of my patty labelle love comes from labelle like the chameleon yeah. album the 
uh, what's the album called? There's a particular album of mine that I really love of theirs. One second. Nightbirds, yeah, Phoenix. But in terms of like just pure hits, it has to be Gladys. Like Gladys and the Pips, Gladys is a solo yeah. artist. So, but like you said, by the 80s, Patty took over. Like, you know, she had a really great run in the late 70s and throughout the year. And it was kind of like in the early 90s, actually. So I'm really, yeah. really excited to see this. Like two vocal beasts, the Godmother of Soul versus the Empress of Soul. You know, and they, and they actually have a great friendship. They've been friends for many years. They've performed yeah. several times together. They have several songs together. So it's really nice to see that. But like I said on Twitter that I really hope that they recognize their group contributions as well as their solo because they they can't not i can't i can't imagine them not because it's both both of their groups are so influential on again black music and how it is today and they can't not that would be that would be so shady i know (laughs) and i also just can't wait because because these two are such good friends that there won't be any awkward vibes like brandy monica yeah but i just know that the Black Twitter is going to be on fire with the jokes, yeah. with the memes. I just, I can't, I can't wait. I just can't. Do you know, I actually didn't finish the Brandy and Monica one. It was, it was very long. I, I just couldn't be bothered, honestly. To be fair, I Fall for Versus is something you have to watch live. I don't, I can't watch it the day after. For like, you have to watch it. You have to be there when everyone's watching it. It's not something you yeah. watch the day after. I I think I'm going to have to watch this one live and like be live tweeting and see everyone's tweets at the same time. And because it's just not the same watching it after. It's not. So before we go to Eden Nick, so so you're saying Gladys, you have Gladys, right? To win. I have have Gladys. Like the thing about verses is it's not about vocals in my eyes in a way. It's not about vocal ability or musicality. It's it's about the catalogue. And if you're going to talk about catalogue, Gladys... Gladys has it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, and so I said, even though like I have a, a, a reverence for LaBelle's catalogue, like in terms of the musicianship of, especially like Nona Hendrix is one of the most underrated songwriters of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Incredible songwriter and producer. But if we're going just for hits. I remember Gladys is a member of the Motown family, so they were just hit, hit, yeah, hit, 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 about, hit, yeah. hit, hit. So no, I, I, I too like. Obviously, I love Patty to death, but. It's it's gonna be nice for me too. Like I just want to make sure that I get saved over time for me. I need that song. I need I need that song. And on Patty's side, I need to make sure that we get. If you ask me to, yeah, I love that song. Right? Yeah, Eden, Nick, thoughts? Um, for me, I feel like this is gonna be more of an education thing. So I grew up listening to Patty Labelle in my house, um, because my mom's a massive fan of her. Um, but in terms of Gladys Knight, there's still some research and stuff that I need to do. I need to listen to more of her music. Um, I probably won't be tuning in. I won't lie to you. I won't come in front for the podcast. I haven't listened to verses <laughs> or watched the verses since um, Babyface, like and um, Teddy, uh, whatever. Can't remember what. Yeah, Teddy Riley. Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't actually. watched it. Yeah, I haven't watched it since then because I always find it's quite late, and I'm just like. Nah, I'd rather sleep, I can't lie. Like I appreciate the fact it's legends and stuff and all of those types of things. Um, but I always like listen to the commentary afterwards. Um and when I was watching it there were loads of technical faults and stuff. So uh we'll see what happens with this one. I'm sure Chopin will come and start talking about how great it is after it happens and everything. 
Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued to see what happens. I want to hear if there's any fallout or anything. Loads of people kind of spoke about shade between Brandy and Monica. You guys are saying they're quite close friends. So I'm intrigued to see how that dynamic works. Um, and yeah, Shope, what will you be wearing to this one? Because Erica Badu <laughs> and Jill Scott, you said you were going to wear beads and um, what's it called? And my dashiki, yes. <laughs> So what are you wearing to this? You're wearing pointed shoe and like, what's going on? What are you wearing? So for this, I'm wearing a gold suit. A gold suit. <laughs> a gold suit. Like, you know, I'm going to be giving the Four Tops Temptations. We're going to be giving um, the Jacksons a miniseries. That's what we'll be doing. <laughs> and I'll be wearing some nice black loafers. I'll have my hair slicked back like a conk. Like a conk. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll be I'll be there I'll be I'll be there giving Ray Charles realness. Oh boy. Okay, cool. All right, but that's me, Nick. What are your thoughts? Um again, I think it is definitely going to be strong education for me as well, but like my gran would play the self-titled by Gladys Knight. I remember this like throughout my childhood, so um that album ranged true to me in terms of just the memories like being outside in the summertime and her just doing the garden into that album so I definitely want to hear some songs on there like where would I be good woman etc but I think from Patty's side I'm gonna definitely get an educational lesson and I, I definitely want to go back afterwards if there's anything that kind of hits home with me and listen but obviously both of them are queens both of them are legends we we all know their names and have known their names like since we were kids so I think this is a good cultural moment and it's black women which I'm glad versus is heading in that direction a bit more because before yeah. it was definitely more male-centric so like they know that the women bring the numbers. Like we saw what Brandy and Monica did. They they yeah. shattered the VMA's record in terms of engagements, all of that this year. So incredible numbers for them. They broke 1 million. So I know that this one's going to do similar numbers. Um, it's just historic, really. And it- I think they'll do good numbers, but I think it'll be as good as Brandy and Monica or even maybe Babyface. I think, right, because for most people that watch Versus, it's very much, you know, in some ways like, it's people who were known from the 90s and 2000s. Like, obviously, this is like, we're now going to the 60s and the 70s and the 50s. Yeah. I don't know if the audience will be the same. I feel like it'll kind of be like with Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond. It's going to be a niche audience. Yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah, I still think they'll break 500k or something. Like, oh, I yeah, no. It will be good numbers, like, because... A lot of people's, we have to remember like grandparents and stuff and a lot of them have iPads and stuff. So they, they will <laughs> get their burner accounts today. They'll have their burner accounts set up by their grandkids or whoever. Um, and they'll, they'll be tuning in. I definitely think it will break 500K. Obviously, Brandy and Monica, like there's something quite special about like particularly Brandy as well, like which brought people to the show. I get I get what you mean, Shope, but... Yeah, these are two legends. While they're still alive, let's do it, man. Like, let's celebrate two fantastic people who have helped, again, to shape me black music, especially in the Americas and worldwide so much. And you got to see you got to see one of them last year, Stefan. So that's amazing as well. Yeah. And Royal yeah. Albert Hall, what a venue. Like, yeah, to see was, that, what a was, venue. Honestly, she was so, so, so good. I just want to know... Um, why didn't you text me, sir? <laughs> we could have we could have got our uncle on at the Royal Albert Hall. We really could have. <laughs> I I just want to know um, because the clips that I did, well, the bits that I did today, I watched about forty five minutes of the Brandy Monica one. Because yeah. it, it, I just want to know if there's going to be 
Ciroc in the middle again. <laughs> well, they got to get their branding. They got to get their branding. Yeah, I need, I need, I need the branding to make sense. I, I need... think, I think it'll probably be like um, Gladys's pancakes and and yeah, um, Patty's um, waffles or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I need it to yeah. be that rather than. Got to have Ciroc. some food in the joint. And holy water. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Diddy's definitely got a syrup bottle there for them. So if there's two of the things, they'll be sitting in the back. They won't drink from it, of course. Yeah, but, I, I yeah. need some class for, for, the, for the old ones. I yeah. see holy water, green tea, and... Mac and cheese. Patty LaBelle's pancakes. Come and on. Gladys' waffles, chicken and waffles. That's why I see. No, I'm very excited for it. What, when is it? Today or tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow evening. So 1 a.m. our time. Yeah. Okay. I know. But the, the upside is, because they're both old, they're not going to be doing three hours at Brandy and Monica. They're going to be like, okay, an hour and a half, okay, bye. <laughs> I got to get my sleep. <laughs> but all of that. That's going to be me. And you know, Patty is very blunt. She's like, I've got to take this wig off. I've got, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, feel, I feel like with the verses, uh, the ones where they really do have, like, a genuine love and respect for each other those are the ones that that seem the best for me like 110 yeah. percent. like they hit different like jill and yeah. erica it's, it's just, just different beautiful. it's just completely different yeah. and as much as brandy and monica won't want to say like that they that they love and respect each other it's like come on you 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 may respect each other's catalog but you don't respect each other yep <laughs> there's still it's just like it's, it was very awkward you know i had high hopes but it was super awkward like very uncomfortable. It is what it is. It is what it is. They're both doing great things. You know, that's it. That's, yeah. that's it. But that's why I said, like, that's why this is exciting because Stephanie will know. They, like, they, they love each other. They've yeah. performed several times together. They have songs together. Like, and... Mm. They did a whole um concert together with uh, Dionne Warwick. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And they, they had their own little Red Table Talk segments. Yeah. In between. That's beautiful. That is yeah. honestly beautiful. And that's, you know, when you come from an era and have that much love and respect for one another, it just, as Stefan just said it, like it hits completely different and it, you just feel, you feel like Erica and Jill, like that, that's kind of the vibe that I want, that kind of love and camaraderie and all of that yeah. kind of stuff, which, which it will be, it will be. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure they've got loads of stories as well. And for me, that that's what I want most out of the verses. Like, I, I don't want to sit there and listen to songs that I can, you know, put a playlist together mm. on at home. Like I, I want to hear like all the stories about the the people that you worked with, about Ray Charles and, and yeah. Prince and so yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Um, unless anyone has anything else to say, um, I I have a question. Go on, go on. So I haven't watched Versus in a while. Are they gonna like in the comments? Are there still like pretty little thing and stuff like that? Oh, there? there is. <laughs> Oh, there is. Pretty little thing still there. Yeah. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. They're still there. The shade room is there. With, with their the shade... TMZ is there now. Oh, and no, Joe okay. Biden. I don't know if anyone noticed, but Joe Biden was in the Brandy Monica one. Joe was Biden was there. Kamala Harris. Oh, Kamala Harris is everywhere. Oh, my God. Kamala Harris did a whole let's vote in at the beginning like it's getting to brandy. <laughs> it's getting to the branding is getting a little bit. And the thing is with Obama, he at least could act with like she cannot act like she yeah. cannot like you're not a part of the community you're not a part of it like yeah it, it just felt working. so false Kamala Harris does not know a Monica song I'm sorry you can't tell me otherwise <laughs> I think she she probably shopping, gets her life to, um one of them days I can see it I can see her doing a little shimmy 
Now, Shope, lest we forget, last year at Essence, Sis was trying to canvas for votes. Last year. Like, she was doing whole talks at Essence. Oh, I was God. like, just stop. 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 Like, it's just, it's awkward. It's awkward. It is awkward. Michelle was who we're here for. <laughs> not, not you. Like, it's fine. Stop. Anyways. Um, yeah. It's who's going to be the special guest tomorrow for Bance. Who will be the special guest? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I'm scared now. I'm, I'm scared. Maxine Waters. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Do you know what? That might be a thing. That actually might be a thing. Um, that's realistic. I could actually see that. Who? Maxine Waters. Oh my god. I, I love Maxine Waters. Yeah. <laughs> She'll say a little one line before I'm here for Maxine. Kick them off. Is that the reclaiming my time one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. That, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. She'll it definitely be better. there. It hits a lot better. She needed to um, sell t shirts with that on because I would have bought one, you know. For real. Like, she. she come on. Re- this, reclaiming like, my Come on, man. Get with the branding. I'm for sure real. someone else has done that. I'm sure someone else has done that. Oh, for sure. We buy from black women, Shopee, please. About someone else. <laughs> a black woman might have been entrepreneurial and made her own line of them. Oh, okay. I'll try and find that person. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay, this one I just want to glaze over because I cannot with this guy. <laughs> it's just entirely the shit. Like, you know, you can head back to Toronto, you know, do what you need to do. Anyway, Tory Lanez texts Megan the Stallion um, and blames the incident, the shooting incident that is, which happened a couple of weeks ago, um, to being drunk. Okay, so TMZ, obviously everywhere where a death is, they are, where an incident is, they are, where everything is, they are. Um, they filed a report on Wednesday, which kind of said that Megan, they'd seen the text. Um, Megan had sent, uh, Tori, sorry, had sent Megan a text 15 hours after the shooting um, when she was in hospital. And he said he's sorry from the bottom of his heart. And he blamed the excuse on literally word for word. I was just too drunk. Um, nonetheless shit should not have happened and I can't change what I did he continued and said I just feel horrible because I genuinely just got too drunk so he mentioned being drunk like multiple times throughout the text um and then Megan directly obviously has named Tori following the months of speculate well the weeks of speculation um on Instagram Twitter etc etc um, she said on her Instagram live a couple of weeks ago, you shot me and you got your publicists and your people going to the blogs, lying and shit. Um, stop lying. Why lie? I don't understand. I tried to keep the situation off the internet, but you're dragging it. Um, and yeah, she doesn't address internet bullshit usually, but she had to address that. And that is basically what happened. So Tory Lanez apologized after the incident privately, not publicly, sent the text to her saying that he was just too drunk and that seems to be what he thinks is plausible to get off the hook for shooting Megan in both of her feet leading to surgery and her still healing to this day so I want to get you guys thoughts on the developments in this case something tells me that this is far from over but um as of now what do you guys think of this whole thing and the text come into light uh this is this is really sad this is really really sad when it first broke i just the story was just too much to actually take in um it just didn't make any sense whatsoever um 
and the apology in itself doesn't make sense. Like reading it right now, it seems like Tory Lanez has apologized in kind of the atypical kind of not taking responsibility for his actions types of way. Um, like for example, he said, uh, what did he say? None, nonetheless, this wouldn't, this should not have happened and I can't change what I did. I just feel horrible. And like, I just, I don't understand. I've never seen a scenario where someone has been shot and then there's an apology afterwards. Like I, I, I can't remember a situation where there hasn't been like a, a court case that happens and like the person is goes through trial and everything straight away after that. But it's literally been a while since um, Megan came out and spoke about this. And now we're getting an apology. I just feel like it's another time that black men have kind of failed black women. Um, and it's really, really sad. Like, I didn't even realize there was a video. Like, I'm, I'm on the TMZ website right now and there's a video yeah. of the event happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just awful. It's it's a terrible, terrible thing that's happened. And I hope Megan is going through some form of counselling because there's definitely going to be like PTSD attached to that. Um, I've seen some like really stupid tweets on Twitter um, through the Dats account uh, where people are saying that um, now that she's been affected, like, now that she's been shot, all she can talk about is being shot. And then someone was like, yeah, but 50 Cent, for example, when he got shot, multiple times he made a whole movie he made a whole album he made albums dedicated to that about it. albums plural a game a video, a video game. game a video it's... game literally i played that video game I like, like literally <laughs> I that. everything and now that megan is doing it people are like well she was rapping about all of this hood stuff and now she's actually in a situation now she's actually snitching i'm just like when do black women get but she didn't press charges but when do like so... when do black women get the opportunity what? to actually just be hurt and actually say that something has hurt them um and try and get justice for what has happened to them as well it it just for me it makes me feel quite sad that megan has had to go through this in her career um she's had quite a traumatic career actually when i think about all the things she's gone through um from losing her mother and everything so i really do hope she finds some time to actually speak to a counselor and just work through that pending ptsd um and yeah uh the sad thing is she felt she had to protect everyone in the car um, when she got out because what was happening with police brutality and everything and being stopped by the police and Tori having a gun like it's it's this duality of being black of like being a black woman from what she's described as well there's so many layers to what happened that had made her feel unprotected by literally everyone in the situation and that makes me feel very sad um, and I imagine a lot of black women can kind of relate to that as well it kind of relates actually to what we were talking about last week Nick with um, Joe Budden for example how we think when like people get to a certain position in life and like they become famous, like most of their issues are kind of like erased because of like money and all of these types of things. But you are still a black person. You're still like a black man in Joe Budden's case or a black woman in uh, Megan Thee Stallion's case. Um, so it's just sad that there seems to be no escape once you reach a certain level. Um, so, yeah, just wishing Megan a recovery both mentally and physically. Um, and Tori, I just don't know what to say, really. Um, I really don't know what to say. He was doing great things with, um, uh, what's it called, Quarantine Radio. And um, his music was selling quite well. People were anticipating his music and his career is literally done now. Well, actually, we don't know because 6 9 is still out in these streets. And there's so many people that have done things against like the black community that are still roaming around 
black women, black women specifically, um, who are still roaming around and doing things anyway. So I don't know what the solution is going to be. All I hope is that Megan gets some form of justice for this. But that's my thoughts. Um, anyone else? Just in terms of what you said about Joe Budden, though, I think in terms of like money and power, I think what it's shown me, and I think this is very obvious at this point, is it hyperimposes the problems that you already had. It doesn't actually necessarily solve anything. Well, obviously it solves poverty and stuff like that, but like in terms of like problems with power, problems with like misogynoir, misogyny, problems with like gang affiliated stuff it just it, it actually hyperimposes all those issues so i think with megan and with tory and stuff like that it's tory has been actually known to be quite aggressive like dream doll has spoken about it last year um there's been multiple women that have come out and stuff like that and said stuff even before the megan shit so I think it just hyperimposes issues and it's he's he he needs some healing or whatever like he needs to go through but fundamentally my thoughts have always been with Megan like the way the internet treated her after this is toxic it's sick it's like it's just it's just a cesspool of madness really online and I think I just keep thinking about imagine being shot into two of your feet like and that video of her walking out with the blood right behind her and the police still getting her to drop it on the ground and stuff and all this for getting in the car i'm just kind of like damn i could not even fathom being public facing in light of that and getting up and continuing so not easily but just so like there's no time she took like literally no time off and she's still like the work video and the promo for all that came out straight after and it's mad so i just my thoughts are with megan as always and um yeah tory whatever like it, it is what it is but i just hope he brings no harm to women ever again because what he's done to megan is like it's, it's with her for life but those are my thoughts stefan Chope. um uh, i need him in a jail I need him in a prison. I know that some people don't really agree with, with prisons or, or jails, well, but he needs to go to jail for, for doing that. And this excuse of being drunk makes absolutely no sense to me. When, when you're drunk, you you might, you know, cut someone's wig or their hairline or whatever. You, you don't shoot someone in their feet. It just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, he's, he's disgusting to me and he needs mm. to be in jail. It's very precise, though, for someone who's drunk to hit both feet. Exactly. Very targeted. Yeah, how do you... It's like the Wild Wild West. I'm going to stop you from walking. I'm going to stop you from performing. Like, do you know what I mean? That's I'm going to stop you from escaping because she was trying to leave. Like, it's really... It's really... I don't understand it, really. This whole being drunk thing. But that's America, I guess. Like, I don't... I have no idea. I don't even want to get into that. But, Shopee, what are your thoughts if you have any? Um, I think you've all covered it. Yeah. So I think collectively what we're saying is obviously protect black women, as we've always kind of said on this podcast. And at the same time, like what is going on with like police brutality where people don't even feel safe in the presence of police? Like someone has been injured as a result of abuse and the police arrive and the first thing they want to do is protect the person who's actually abused them. That's obviously an error in the system. So yeah all we can really say is we hope megan gets the counseling that she needs and the kind of protection that she needs as well i hope no more traumatic things happen in her career and yeah i think that's all we can really say
can I just quickly just say though, but like actually protect black women, like actually protect black women, because I think all these statements and all this stuff, like it's, it's quite performative. I think actually on a real level, what does this look like in a group chat with your guys? If you know that they're not protecting black women, like actually put your masculinity aside for a second and put your humanity first and just say, what the fuck are you doing? You need to protect black women. If you see a black woman alone outside, obviously clubs aren't open, but if you see stuff like that, you might need to jump in if some if you feel like you can if they're being harassed because we know black women get harassed all the time yeah um it just we need to be realistic now like all these sentiments all these statements i just don't want it to get to a stage where we're just shouting so many different phrases and not actually doing anything um and that's even on me i'm not saying i'm perfect at all like if i see a situation I have to step in or like if I feel like if it's the appropriate scenario to step in, step in or make the call or do what, do what you got to do. Because man, like there's a lot of men who didn't speak up for Megan in the industry, black men specifically, um, and left her to the wayside. Like I can count the amount of rappers who spoke up against Tory in this. A lot of them were just protecting their business and like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to distance myself from him. How, how is it that Jojo, made a more dramatic action with removing him from her song than half of the industry of men like it's just yeah. i don't know it's not so, i mean something is clicking because this is how the world is working right now but man we gotta stop disenfranchising black women like for real like yeah. for real for real yeah like, it's, it's serious now but um but let's move just on, on that oh, point oh, just just on that point we've even got an example of rizzo for example and um what happened with um azealia banks and russell crowe yeah Literally. Like that situation <laughs> where he right. denied seeing what happened and then everyone kind of attacked Azalea for making it up and everything. And then um, later on, when like the whole Black Lives Matter thing's going on, he's like, oh, actually, I did see it. I'm, it's just like, why did you lie? What was what did you gain from lying? I don't understand. And now, um, of course, Azalea is going to be like, well, I don't understand what this is going to do now. When when it was at the height of the news, you denied it completely. And but, legal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And she was is. suicidal weeks ago. Like, thank God she didn't do anything. She said she was about to end her life. Like, I, I didn't see seriously, that. like, this is the real results of black women being disenfranchised in this industry. Like, for real, this is what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's too sad right now. Like, I just can't face into this anymore. Do you guys think... Go on. Do you guys think that um, that will successfully be able to cancel Tory Lanez or do you think he'll somehow, there'll be people somehow still Well, this him? is the thing. So, Tory Lanez has kind of, like, I know obviously he had the quarantine radio thing and obviously he still does all these features and, you know, he's st- still out here cosplaying as a 90s R&B act. Um, but he's not really had a big moment of his own in yeah. a while. If you're keeping it a buck, right? Mm. Well, like I know he's he puts out a lot of music, a lot of music, music that I have not heard, certainly not I. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I'm just trying to think, like, what was like his last major hit of his own? Like, when was oh, his me. last real big splash on his own? You know, so. I actually couldn't name one Tory Lane song, honestly. No, there we go. <laughs> so it's not even a case of being cancelled because, you know, cancel culture is a farce and everything. But yeah, of course. I just think if anything, it will just kind of quicken what's already happening. Like it will just kind of 
quicken the decline that was already surfacing anyway if that makes yeah. sense like yeah it wasn't like I, he had like four number one singles last year and this happened like nigga yeah. where were you on the charts really yeah. like, like i'm looking at, i'm looking at wikipedia now i'm seeing like 74 and 89 i'm not seeing any top 20s yeah. so you can't you can't cancel something that was never never on air there we go. I mean? but i feel like with tory lanes he has an audience and like a fo- like a following yeah like he follower definitely does and like yeah i was definitely does I was following Tory Lanez on YouTube when he was creating things like Swavy and stuff like that. My brother was kind of trying to put me on his music before. And he was getting hundreds of thousands of views back in 2012 and 2010. Um, And now what happened with Quarantine Radio and everything, he has that fan base who knows who he is for a personality more so than his music, obviously by where he's charting and everything. So I find with cancel culture, it actually propels artists more so than actually cancels them like people will start talking about this person more and then there's like little bit of curiosity that sneaks in like oh who is this Tory Lanez person why do I need to cancel them click play on one of their songs and then you get for example a 6 9 situation where his album is probably going to go to number one I don't know if it did this week but um oh no that's the his sales revisions have been sorry his sales have been revised dramatically like 50k like, oh wow! He might not even make the top ten. Hallelujah! Yeah, <laughs> okay, we, cool. we have to celebrate our, our wins, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with Tory Lanes. Um, I hope they don't make this a thing on Twitter where there's like hashtag saying, um, cancel Tory Lanes party because it always trends, and I find that's the opposite of what people actually want to do. Like, there's yeah, no it's, reason. It's for... not a game. That, I feel like that kind of turns it into a game, and it's it's really not a game. This is like a serious situation. Especially with Tory, like, I think it's super serious. But just to talk about real quick his album, like, it charted at number 10 here and number two on the US Billboard 200. So there's an oh, audience. There's wow. an audience. There is an audience. Wow. So um, I, it doesn't matter to me with cancel culture because that's a fast, as Shopee just said. Me personally, yeah. it's done, been done, haven't really been playing his music anyway. So we're good. Obviously, Quarantine Radio did play and stuff like that. But um, I'm, it's fine. Like, he doesn't change anything musically for me it's cool but yeah i'm i stand with megan yeah but i just do think it is not alarming but it is very surprising that how you know i know there was a lot of like you know cloudiness and you know i guess open to interpretation before megan confirmed it so that's why people were silent but it's kind of mad that not even just men but even other female artists have been quite silent since it's been confirmed that mr Mm. daystar uh, was in fact the assailant. Yeah. Did you call him Daystar? That's his name. I actually hate you. I hate you with a passion. Daystar. Shop it. That's his it. name. You know what you're doing though. You you actually know you actually know what you're doing, Shop it. That's his name. I know it's his name, but we call him his name is Tory Lanes. His Why name is Daystar. Daystar? <laughs> I actually hate Wait, you. What's his name? His name is Daystar. Spell that for me. <laughs> <laughs> As D A Y S T A R. No. <laughs> I believe that. He knows, Shopee knows what he's doing. Daystar. Daystar Peterson, I believe. That's his name. That's the name of his mother. Yeah, I just, uh, just Googled. 28 years old. Mm-mm-mm. Can I move on? Yes, you can. Yeah, let's move on. Anyway, um, last but not least, um, this week was the annual Rated Awards. Um, this happened digitally, uh, like most award shows this season. Um, but yeah, like it happened. It was 
an interesting showing for me because obviously with these kind of viewings um, artists have to make different forms of performances they have to pre-film them green screens have to be used um, etc etc so it was a very interesting show um, to say the least uh, like in true award fashion I am going to go through the winners in full of each category um, and then we can discuss how we think that kind of resonates with the category that they won um so album of the year was jay huss's big conspiracy um anyone got any thoughts on that one i was kind of shocked that it won personally um just because it didn't make as much of a splash as his um obviously debut album but yeah anyone else i really enjoyed his album i really enjoyed that much more than his first album i think i've uh, initially i forgot he even came out this year that was the first thing and then yeah. it kind of made me realize that why did he i mean i know he's going through some personal issues but I, I just realized like he didn't even release any other further singles he didn't do further music videos or any other promo he didn't do anything i just realized like yeah he just kind of put the music out and pissed off i just realized like he yeah didn't, he didn't really do anything and that might be for his own personal reasons he's going through a lot as we know you know he's going through his um you know his his hotep his hotep era at the moment <laughs> and other and other things but no i really liked his album i really did enjoy it um and i still play i still play it now like there are certain songs i still go still go back to so um i'm not mad i wasn't mad that it won um i would have thought the obvious choice would have been you know stormzy or kano but I was like, hey, I like the album. So I'm not mad at it. I, I like the album. All right, Shopee, I'm going to do it. So this J Huss album, yeah. I told Shopee I'd never say this out loud because people love this album. But this album did not slap. Like, I just don't understand the hype behind this album. I was seeing articles by beloved friends of the podcast about jazz elements and all this types of stuff. And I just didn't get it at all. I just felt the album was very overhyped. Um, there were some like fun parts, some nice parts from the album, but I just didn't understand the hype behind this. I did prefer um, the album that came out before that, but this album for me did nothing. And for me, in a category with Kano, Kano, like Kano should have won this this award, if I'm being completely honest. Hoodies All Summer, I've spoken about it since it's come out. Like I've every conversation I've had with someone about this album, they've said they've loved the entire thing. Whereas when I speak to people about the J Huss album, they're like, yeah, I like this song or I like this song. It's, I've never spoken to someone who likes the whole project. I like is. most of the album. Most it, of it. it. Yeah, most of it, but not all of it. Whereas with Kano, I think we've spoken about it before. You you liked Kano's album, didn't you? Yeah, I loved Kano's album. Yeah, same. And most people I've spoken, like for me personally, Hoodies All Summer should have won this. There were some great like other albums on there. Um, Some of them I haven't heard. I haven't heard Odds, Odds, Odd Ads, sorry. Um, Mia Keen, I think it's called. I haven't heard that. I heard Cadet's album, I didn't like it. Um, but Hoodies All Summer should have won this, if I'm being honest. Big Conspiracy, I understand why it won, because of the impact of Jay Huss coming back. And um, his artistry is a great artist, but I don't understand the hype, if I'm being honest. But that's... I, feel, I feel like the hype's died down, though. Like, it was a very quick hype when it released. I don't yeah, see it really quiet, living it? on. Like, there's nothing. And Chope kind of gave an explanation as towards that. The singles, there was no real momentum after that. But even, like, in terms of what people are playing, like, people going, oh, never forget that Jay Huss released that. I don't see a lot of activity and conversation about it as much as 
obviously before the release weekend reviews and of course there's going to be a rollout in terms of press and stuff but I'm just kind of shocked like Hoodies All Summer is the one that culturally has lived on a little bit a year on almost like and I think um yeah like even young ads get to chip don't know why that was I mean I know why like the, the link up but don't know why that was nominated like this category with was super mishmash but yeah in terms of the win it kind of shocked me i was like j huss is j huss is a name but you know the album didn't really live it hasn't as far like lived on but we'll, I, I don't know we'll and see. like shopping said i even forgot it came out this year like i didn't even realize same I, actually, literally I, it came out when i was in jamaica so it came out in f- january like february. yeah february or something like that it was early yeah, it feels half of like that's a long time ago yeah so i've completely forgot about that but I'm more so like talking about the hype when it came out. Like I said, there were mm. articles that came out talking about the jazz elements of the album, which I heard, but I just didn't think anything particularly amazing about them. Um, okay. But the that- saxophone in one song and decided it was like Miles Davis. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But yeah, okay. That's that then. Kano should have won in my opinion. If we're being honest, so Common Sense is one of the most overrated albums of the last 10 years. I mean, Shopee said that. Because all of you were doing J Huss Hive in 2017. I just did not get it. I did not get that album. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I just was like, I would play. I'm like, this is what, this is what what everyone is is getting gassed over. This. The singles on that were really good though. They were okay. Nah, man. I enjoyed that album personally. There's a few songs in there which are good, but overall I was like, this is an overrated album. I think this was a much better effort. This new one. I preferred it. Nah, I'm looking at the track list. Common Sense banged. Buff Daddy slapped. Um, Like Your Style. I like that. Um, Spirit. Banger. That is a banger. Shopee, you know that's a banger as well. That's what I'm saying. Okay, fair enough. I mean, for me, that was my favourite out of his releases, but I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Should we move on to next category? Unless Stefan... Yeah, next category. Let's, let's find it. Okay. Um, track of the year. Uh, I'm going to read the nominations just because I feel like our listeners should kind of get the context. But, um, yeah. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, H, Taste, Make It Shake, Darko, Gangster, featuring One Asian... D Block Europe Home Pussy Heady One Both J Huss Must Be Miss So High featuring Fredo Stormzy Own It featuring Ed Sheeran and Burner Boyd Tion Wayne Um I Don't Know featuring Stormzy and Duchavelli Young T and Bugsy Don't Rush featuring Heady One Um and H and H A Tracy Rain and the winner was for this one, Tion Wayne's I don't know with Stormzy and Duchavelli. Which made no sense to me. At all. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't that song just come out? (laughs) It did. Yeah, like it's very yeah, it was like over the summer. If you're looking at can I ask a question? Uh is it every award that is fan voted? Or is it just some of the awards? So the the winners were voted for by GRM Daily Readers in an online poll in July and August. Okay, that's the that's how it was decided. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense now. It makes sense. It's making a lot of sense. It's making a yeah. lot of sense for me now. Yeah. now no, yeah, but I'm sorry. When I saw that was the win, I was like, "This song, what?" First of all, it's not the best song in this list. First of all, 
And secondly, no. like it just came out like what two months ago. Yeah, like yeah. track of the year, and I'm like, think of GRM daily readers. Like, I'm not. This is no. This is not. Think. Just think of the audience. It makes a lot. It makes no. Like, still, I thought. I thought they would have voted for like Don't Rush. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm thinking. Mm, like I'm realistically, thinking about, like what's in recent memory though. Realistically, yeah, I, though, I, I, I really don't. That. I really don't rate like. I don't know, I feel like maybe this is going to sound bad, but I really don't rate awards that are, like, voted by people. Because I, I just feel like people... Not everybody knows what good music is, do you know what I mean? And I mean, it's, it's, it's subjective. Yeah. What what good music is is subjective, but people yeah. would, would vote best... Oh, I'm not going to finish that sentence because it was going to sound very rude. But, <laughs> but people will, will but vote for, Stephane, what, just what, for what they like. But then I guess stuff like the Grammys is, is just forced and, and fake anyway. So I don't know. What what, what do you think is best? Uh, yeah. Like fan voted or committee voted? I don't know. Do you uh, know what? I feel like I was going to say, like, I was just going to say what you just kind of finished on in terms of the committee has its biases too, as we always see. And yeah. again, that's why I've kind of pulled back from all that. I'm just kind of like, it is what it is do you know what i mean like obviously i'm going to comment on the performances very i love performances and stuff like that like mm. when an artist gets it right they get it right and i get excited but um in terms of the whole like procedural stuff i'm kind of over it yeah like, do you know what i mean i'm just kind of done um as people would know who've listened to the podcast for ages like all of it's biased all of it is i just don't know if they can fix the institutional stuff because People, as we know, people who operate within music or have some kind of knowledge of it, people are always going to text their friends and people are always going to be like, yo, like, I've got a song coming out with this artist, you know, but if you're on the committee, you better vote. Or if it's a fan voted thing, it's going to be about who can get the best engagement or who can yeah, get exactly. the best visual moment and stuff like that. So there's always going to be the, especially with social media in a digital age, there's always going to be a sway towards one way or the other. It's not going to ever be just fair or like people in their own yeah. homes thinking to themselves and then pressing the vote and then looking at the awards it's always going to be there's always going to be some influence there um yeah i just want it to be about the music do you know what i mean yeah it's more about popularity exactly. isn't it as we've discussed a few times are award shows in general just becoming an archaic and outdated medium i think yeah. so yeah 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 you're right i think it's, it's like an ancient practice that we, we really don't need anymore True. But then, what? How do artists get, like, they gotta get some form of accolades for what they've created, though? Do they? Do they have to? Well, see, it's funny you say that because I was just watching the Terrell show a few days ago, and he had Shantae yeah. Moore on, and I put her on our account after saying that she's one of the most unsung music veterans of the last thirty years, and she does not get the praise that she deserves. Like, she's yeah, like, I agree. incredible, incredible talent, great music. And she was saying, and and I and I didn't think she would acknowledge it, but like she basically acknowledged the fact that she's not like this massive superstar. Like she's like, I don't have many awards, I don't have many hits, but she said like my awards are my fans coming to me saying, oh, I love this song, I got married to your song, or I played this at my funeral, mm. at my cousin's funeral. Like mm. the way music is now, because it's so democratized and there's just so much choice now. Like, there are so many artists who aren't even topping charts going platinum, but they have dedicated fan bases who will sell out Coco for them and Hammersmith for them. Like, I think we're in an age now where that's enough. Because I think before, yeah. like in, 
in the early 2000s and the 90s, it was such a chart-driven, such a, a sales-driven medium. And that's what kind yeah. of ascertained what was good and what was bad. Whereas now, like, that's really different now. Like, like Eden just mentioned, you know, Kurigabin, whatever, can't pronounce the name, but like, you know, they're not massive superstars, but like, I guarantee they'll do a show in London, it'll sell out tomorrow. Mm. You know, Van Jess aren't massive superstars, saying. but they have a dedicated fan base, you know, or I don't know, even yeah, people yeah. like Morrison or, you know, like even like Tony Braxton, Tony Braxton is not like, you know, she's nowhere as big as she was in the 90s, but she has a dedicated fan base who just like love her. They love her music. They want to hear her sing. Like me, I saw her live last um, year. Stefan was there too. Um, you know, I think it's different now. It's, it's different now. Yeah, and, and it's very much find your tribe, find your tribe and win that way but it's, but it's 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 easy for us to say that because we're we're not the artists but do you think that the, yeah. art, that the artists feel like because uh, i'm not going to name any names of course but i know i know artists that have you know broken down because they haven't won awards mm. i can yeah. imagine if if you're judged by those metrics like of course of course it's gonna and this is where social change comes in, right? Because we can quickly say that, yeah, this needs to change and all this kind of stuff. But obviously these things are going to take their time to weed themselves into society, embed themselves, entrench themselves, so like really finding your tribe, say that was the metric. Um, and just fi- filling a room is is fine. Like, you know what I mean? And as long as the musicality's there and your fans tell you that, um, then you're good. Uh, but it's obviously going to take tens of hundreds of years and all of this to really embed in that change so i completely get yeah. why people would break down i can completely get why that would be a thing that plagues some artists and really makes them hate themselves like or like feel down on themselves i completely understand that and i've watched interviews where artists have said that well like they've said with resentment like oh i haven't won awards or stuff like that like russ is a, ca- a big example of someone who you know has mentioned awards before in the past and j cole in his early career has mentioned awards and stuff and the grammys the whole thing with him in the grammys but you know um yeah it's going to take time to change it will take time to change that mindset if it ever does change the thing is i think with awards sometimes it's not just about winning the award sometimes it's about the nomination and like the recognition from um the academy sometimes and sometimes by the audiences as well who vote for them so I know for me, in terms of discovering artists sometimes, there's some like genres that I like that I might not really look into. And then when I go to like the Grammys, for example, and I see the likes of Beck winning over Beyonce, I'm like, I don't understand this because this isn't my kind of genre that I listen to. Let me go check out this artist and listen to them and see what it's about. So for some artists, it can be discover like discoverability. Um, but it's an interesting question because I actually can't imagine the music industry without an awards type of ceremony i can't imagine it because um nearly every big artist that has existed has spoken about that moment when they were recognized and kind of received an award and all of these types of things it feels like it's part of the culture now um and you're right there's definitely there's going to be some people like shope said who deserve awards who never received them um and that's something that needs to be looked into but at the same time completely saying that maybe awards should be eradicated completely i don't know if that's the right thing to do um, but i was going to say it might weed out who's creating music for passion versus people who are doing it for the accolades um but other than that i don't really see the necessity to completely get rid of it but it's weird because even then like even some of our biggest artists of all times 
Like, it's not like, you guys will be shocked. Diana Ross has never won a Grammy. Really? Diana Ross. Big, big Diana Ross has never won a Grammy. It happens, though. It happens. More and more, it's not even shocking. I mean, like, Snoop Dogg like, has never won a Grammy. That doesn't what? shock me at all. That does not shock me at all. At all. There are so many artists who are so influential and pivotal in our culture that have never been... Even, and I'll say it again, Nick will know what I'm going to say. My girl Mariah. She had I the... knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going to bring up that night again. I'm going to say it again because it, it was actually rude what they did. Yeah, it was. My girl Mariah. It was cheeky. It was cheeky. With the camera all up in her face. Yes. See, Stefan knows because he's an uncle like that. They knew what they were doing. They knew. So let me, so let me set the scene. It's 1996. Mariah <laughs> has the best-selling album of 1995 with Daydream. Three singles from the album went to number one. Fantasy, Always Be My Baby, and One Sweet Day. And key fact, One Sweet Day was number one at the time the Grammys were on. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. So it was the number one single in the country when the Grammys were on. My Girl was nominated for 10 awards. 10. 10 awards. She was the most nominated artist that evening. And it was predicted that she would sweep the awards because she had had such a good year. Her album had done so well. Critical acclaim. She was doing so well. They had her perform at the ceremony with Boyz II Men. Killed the performance. She, so 10 awards come. She loses every single one of them. Every single award. That really hurt you, didn't it, Shofi? It hurt her too. And, yeah. and as <laughs> Stefan said... Every time she lost, the camera would be up in her face. You could see how visibly upset, disappointed, pissed off she was. But every award, and the winner is, not Mariah Carey. Go to Mariah Carey, camera. Who won over her for, like, best female? Or, like, best female? Let's let's have a look, shall we? (laughs) I mean, we don't have to. (laughs) But I'm just like... (laughs) But I love how how Stefan and Nick know me so well, because... I think I even said, I think I sent Nick the video, I believe. <laughs> you sent it to me, Shopee. Whoever. And you could see her face was just like, wow, this is what you're going to do to me. And she's trying, she's trying not to let the smile slip. Yes. Trying to be like, all gracious and everything. So yeah. let's go to the 1996 Grammy Awards. So I'm just going to album of the year because she was nominated for that. Um... Okay, Jagged Little Pill and that's more set. Okay, that's fair. I can't be mad at that. Um, but whoever, the point is, you you can't be known for 10 awards and you want none. 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 <laughs> 10. Oh, man. You were nominated for 10 double digits and you got nothing. Yeah. And you had one of the most successful and acclaimed albums of the previous year. But then uh, I guess she she's she's one of those artists that... that you were talking about previously where you know she's missed out on these awards but she's got all this massive fan base that that dotes on her and and tells her all the time you see it on twitter and her responding to all these messages where where they're telling her how much she's changed their lives and i don't know of course that that must you know mean a bit more than a bit of metal but you know it goes back to my point though about how i think award shows are just they've just never truly been an appropriate way of deciding what's the best of the best or the who's who's like the only thing the only award show that i I, see i was gonna say that but even the navy rotated me in recent years (laughs) who was it i was gonna say the soul train awards oh yeah soul train i i used to love the soul train awards but see i love the show i love the show itself 
the show itself. Mm. Yeah, it's really well done. But in terms of the actual nominations <clears throat> and awards, they've kind of been doing some higgy hagger as well. Yeah, in recent Absolutely. years. Yeah. Like so, even them. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I can't really say an award show. Like you know what? They get it right every year. I can't. Definitely not the Mobos. Hundred percent not. No. Oh my god. <laughs> From time, <laughs> on hiatus from time, like time Sam Smith won four awards in one night. I was like, okay, no those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we go back to track of the year quickly? So, so Nick, it was I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I actually like the song. I'm not gonna lie to you. I do like the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was worth track of the year though. If I'm being honest, definitely not. Definitely. I think the winner of that award should have been Darko, if I'm being honest. I think Gangster, what it did on Triller, and I think on... Um, actually, no, I'm lying. Sorry, not Darko. Young T and Bugsy. Don't rush. They should have run that. Yeah, just because of what happened with TikTok. They literally took over the entire world during lockdown. I didn't... Like, every single video I saw on TikTok was p- pretty much Young T and Bugsy. Um, and mm. I think they deserve an award for that. I don't understand... They literally were there for the majority of the year, like March onwards. It's a song that's, yeah, like we've heard further than America. Literally nearly every country I've seen a country react to that song on TikTok. They may not know what it is, but the fact it's being used is monumental. But even Um, before that, they had the country on lock with that song. Like it was like they had this whole, that was a big song regardless of its international peaks as well. I think it still would have been eligible for track of the year, I think. You're right though. They did they did massive things with that song and it was so unexpected. So Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I have a question. Why why is Rain on this list? Again, God knows because I don't. Can we move on? Because <laughs> I just can't be bothered <laughs> to discuss that guy. Um, I love I just, AJ Tracy though, but you know. I don't understand why that song is on there. I haven't heard it anywhere. Like I've He's I, a big artist, that's why. <laughs> but he's already on there with taste. So I don't understand. Well, why? You don't know, know why that one. White privilege. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Does anyone else um, have anything else to say? I don't know. Let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. Anyway, mixtape of the year. Um, H H H two O. I'm gonna say it like that. Blade. Can um, we just say the winners? Like, should I just say that? Yeah, because we've because we've went on a detail. Yeah, I don't really care about the winners. Um, okay, mixtape of the year. D Block Europe. PTS. Anyways, ouch. I mean, I will say they had a big summer last year with that. Like, you know, there was, you know, they sold out Ali Pali, all of that. They had a great well year. Well done for them. Well done for them on their sound and they're like changing, not changing, but elevating a sound in the UK. So I'll give them that for for their props and stuff. New generation are into them. They're all right. They're all right, man. Like they're they're okay. Like I don't understand the hype personally. Like they're okay. They're okay. Um, it's just every day, like Nyam front with this guy, like every single day. Yo, um, like every song, every song. I, every I just don't song. understand. But for me, I'm not. Yeah, it's not really my type of music, so maybe that's why I don't really care. Um, I didn't really check out anyone else on this list, if I'm being honest. Um, I've heard great things about Blade Brown though. Like yes. I might, might check out Blade Brown. Um, H2O. I'm not gonna lie to you. And no, actually, it's not H2O. It's the one he released recently. That project, I like some songs. Nah, You've heard an H project. Man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like H2O. I thought that was trash. But the one that came out recently was actually some bangers on there. And his videos. I realized with H, his videos actually make him. Like, the beats and the way he raps are cool and everything. But it's the special effects that make H, like, popular. Because every, like, I love watching reaction reaction channels. That's just something I love doing. But Mm. every reaction channel I watch, they don't really talk about 
the music as much they focus more on like the special effects and things that are going on and if you actually remember the song that kind of broke h as well there were loads of special effects with like um there were visuals with his eyes like there was like this blue light thing going on with his eyes there was like writing on the yeah, wall yeah. all these types of things and that seems to be his kind of stick like that seems to be the thing that most people talk about the visuals are definitely what make up the bulk of the video and because of the videos that came out recently i actually checked out the album and was like actually i like some of these songs but i had the visuals in mind whilst listening to them so hmm. i don't know with this list i don't really care for anyone on it if i'm being honest um, one thing i'll say about h is he's got a great team like i remember going yeah. to this mixtapes um release party and like rebecca judds did a sit down with him and like an interview and stuff and that got me really excited about like actually doing artistic storytelling and stuff like it was it was really good and they had like water bottles and like they they really played into the theme of h2o so i'll say he has a great team and like he's he's doing his thing you know he knows what he's doing um mm. and yeah like and he's he's reigning in obviously he's bringing manchester uh is it manchester with him um in terms of like producers and stuff like he produces his works with up there growing up and stuff so you know what do your thing you know do your thing have your have your box in the industry and stuff i think it's, it'll be interesting to see how he grows and like what he does and stuff so yeah but um right go on. Can, can we get on to the next one because the next one is the interesting one um oh, I'm a, I should, should i do mel artist of the year for, no i'm joking um, <laughs> okay um, <laughs> she's released a song this week you know um americans are loving it no i'm joking um but yeah anyway um female artist of the year with her first song of the year being released on friday or thursday um it is the don that is steph london so what are the thoughts what are the thoughts i want to hear what shopping and nick have to say i can't lie to you steph london what are the thoughts in the room have you done it? No, Nick, I want to hear what you... you I want to hear... I, have, I haven't, no. Oh, okay. Hope you get to do it one day. Nick, um, I'm, I'm good, I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Steph, 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 Steph. Do you know what? Do you know what? With, do you know what? With Steph, um, she's, she actually is... She's talented, you know? She is talented. Um, but what I will say is that you cannot win female artist of the year when the first she was shocked herself and i admit i'd love her admission of that i love the honesty and you know what she's a, she's a real one for that a true jamaican acknowledging the facts that you haven't released a song this year yet you won for god knows what reason i would love to know what the fans who voted thought him had in mind when they pressed her name and press confirm um, because you know, there's just there's a lot of talented folk in this category that that should have won. Um, I'm gonna say Lady Leisha is not one of them. She's very talented, but she shouldn't have won either. Um, you know, Darko's been doing incredible things. Um, Alakahali, uh, Shabo been killing Miss the Banks. stars this year. Um. Little Sims is also on that list as well. Little Sims, of course. Little Sims, like we chat, we're basically a Little Sims stand account on this podcast. Yeah, for me, basically. for me, it's, it, Little Sims should have won that for me. For real, for real. Like, um, there's a lot of girls on the periphery doing stuff, like building, which I'm a fan of. This this category is actually quite good in terms of who they got yeah. on the list. Set, but and yeah, very good representative of what's going on in the UK sonically with the women. But um I will say that Little Sims would have been my pick as well. Yeah. Um and yes, yeah, Steph, I just don't know what people had in mind because there's 
hurting me is still the song <laughs> that's on my mind when I think of her. And that was ages ago. And 16 Shots, we, we love 16 Shots. We love 60 Shots over here. But um, that, that came out, was it two years ago? Was no, it maybe no, two no, years no, no, ago. 2017. Three. three. Yeah, oh, three. right. Wow. Okay, so that's that's been living with us for three years. years. Um, And this is what I just... That's why I was confused. So I retweeted someone who said, not going to lie, what's she done this year? (laughs) She said it herself, guys. She said it herself. She knows. knows. It comes back to that thing of it is is fan voted and... No, but why was she nominated? That's 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 actually a very good question. She shouldn't have been nominated. Yeah, in the first place. Not for this year. Not for this I year. Can't, it reminds me like when Rihanna won um, um, Best R&B Artist like two years ago the American Music Awards. Meanwhile, she didn't release an album. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my first reaction was, why was she nominated? She hasn't done anything. But then yeah. likewise, like Nick mm. said, like I didn't realise until reading the nominations that we actually are starting to really develop a great crop of women artists yeah. in the UK. I didn't really realise it. Like, yeah, I like, I look at them individually, but I never I was like, oh, wow, look, we have quite a few names here. So, like, I personally, as Nick said, were a little some stan account. Um, and her last EP she put out recently was amazing. <laughs> um, it was. It was great. I would have given it to her. But if not, I'm like, Miss Banks has been doing her thing. Shea Boy's been doing her thing. I'm not a big fan of her, but Ivorian Doll has been doing her thing. Um, Chope, Sonically, Sonically <laughs> Miss Banks. Sorry, Ugh. I thought you were sending. Um, Sorry, I thought you were sending. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Miss Banks, but... Uh, oh, I thought um, you were sending for Ivorian Doll, my bad. Um, oh, no, no, not Ivorian, but Miss Banks, mm, Sonically. I think she has bangers. Like, Novikov is actually not a bad song. I, really? Yeah, I quite like Novikov. Yeah, yeah I'm, right. I'm into it. I mean, I've only listened to it once, but respects that. But I think Nick can agree that you know she's she's been active. She's been doing things. Yeah, she's everywhere all the time. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. She's done way more than Steph. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I would have taken Trillery Banks over Steph London. You know, like I would have t- like Trillery. Like Trillery has been doing a lot. Rewind releasing. Rewind way. Where are you on this list? Who? Re one way, one way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, was, yeah. I was asking that. I was like, "Where's free? Yeah. Oh wow. That that shocks me a bit. I I didn't really understand that. That is wild. But I, let's not forget that Darko had a great year though. Darko's done a lot. Like Darko killed be, it. Darko killed in, it this year. In terms of who should win this, I would say Little Sims would be number one for me. Then Miss Banks, and then probably Darko for me, just because of her marketing, and mm. um, what she's done on Triller. The dance she she kind of orchestrated with um one Asen on um was it TikTok or Triller? I can't remember one of the two, which everyone was doing. Like she's had a great year and now she has a great like um YouTube series called um Kryptonite because she has a song called Kryptonite out, but it's like Kryptonite Conversations where she goes like blind dating and it's doing really well. Like she has a great marketing team as well. So I actually think it should have gone to her little sims maybe miss banks afterwards if little sims wasn't there and then darko steph london would be last out of everyone on this list she shouldn't um, be on I, the list she yeah exactly she wouldn't be on the list and like like i think shope said it's quite an extensive list we have for female artists this year which is really really good um they're yeah, all from different it. genres like you've got drill with ivorian um doll you've got um little and sims and Shabo, sorry. Um, you got Little Sims on like Antis and Dos. You got rap with Little Sims. You've got um, kind of like dancehall elements with Alakai Harley. No R and B. Well, to be fair, it is GRM daily. Like even like in the male section, you don't have 
any R&B artists. Fair. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think Steph London, I don't understand why she's on the list. I understand why she won, though. Like, if we're looking at reasons why, yeah. popularity-wise and stuff like that. But... For sure. For sure. She's popular on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I think she's, pop- she's, she's popular, popular on she's, socials, she's for real. visible and, and recognisable, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, moving on. Male Artist of the, of the Year. So, yeah, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Male Artist of the Year was, again, a D-Block Europe win. So I had a question about this. Why are groups in Male Artist of the Year, like D-Block Europe, Crept and Conan, Young T and Bugsy? I didn't understand why. Well, they are they men. Group. Yeah, but usually isn't there a group section and then like a... Like at the Grammys, I for example. Think... Sorry, what are you now, I was just saying, like, in other award shows, you wouldn't see, like, for example, like, randomly, you wouldn't see Jodeci in, like, the male, males of the year, male artists of the year. Yeah, and groups nominate for best new artists all the time. Not best new artists, male artists of the year. Yeah, you see groups in there. Oh, okay. I just thought that was a bit weird. But anyway, they shouldn't have won it, is my point. Um, I think Yug T and Bugsy <laughs> should have won this one. Um, D-Block Europe were terrible um, this year in terms of everything for me. I don't like their music. I don't understand them personally. Um, they seem to have really big egos as well, and I just don't understand the hype personally. Again, um, but yeah, Young T and Bugsy should have won this one. I would have even taken H over them if I'm being honest. Like, I would, I would have, have given it to Heady One. Personally. Of course you would. <laughs> of course you would shop it. I mean, out, you know, obviously uh, outside of you know my connection, he's had a good year. He's doing well. Um, but male artist of the year. Over Young T and Bugsy, who went viral. And Hedy One's on that song. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But no one... No, it's Young T and no Bugsy. No one really remembers him. For, yeah, it's yeah. Young T and Bugsy. But the point is, he's, yeah. he's, he's doing very well. He's had a good year. He's definitely deserving if he won, but... Yeah. I don't really have an opinion on this category, like, to be honest. Um, is what it is. But, um, Stefan, any thoughts on the winner? Um, absolutely none. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, I thought I thought that was the case. I just had yeah, to ask for no. p- polite. Yeah, absolutely no. none. No, nothing for okay. me on this one. So let's move on. Video of the year. Um, H and AJ Tracy Rain featuring Take Heath. I do love Take Heath, but um. Yeah, video wise, what do you guys? If you guys have seen it, or do you guys think? Never seen, think? never heard it. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> I don't understand why Kano didn't win this one. Even to be fair, to be fair, and you guys won't agree with me on this one. Be Young Gucci Demon is a good video. It's a good video. It's. Just, I don't. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I would have agreed with that. Yeah, Be Young has good visuals sometimes. It's a, it's a like, good video. Kano Trouble should have won in my opinion. That was a whole like movie. So I don't understand this purple video that I'm seeing with Rain. I don't understand the hype. I think because Tay Keith was on it. I think that's why. Um, but personally, I wouldn't have given it to them. I don't understand the hype. AJ and Tracy's hype. been letting me down lately, you know. Like, I used to like his music when he was coming out before. But I just feel like I don't I don't really see anything of him that really slaps like that. He was good on that Heady One and Stormzy track. But other than that, I'm just like... Can I just say while we're on that, that track, like, it was it wasn't really a lot it, it was kind of quiet for me for that whole song no can't lie um Nick, people have I even heard it, up it a lot pardon have i even heard it you just said you didn't you said you liked his verse no on the on the heady one and stormzy track we're talking about h and ad tracy rain 
the one that won. No, the no, 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 no. I was talking about the other song, like the AJ Tracy song with Heady One. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. My bad. Um, love Heady, but anyway, we can we can move on. Their verses I've are got, too short. I've got, this, I've got this video like on mute right now. Um, <laughs> which and... which video? Rain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, okay. Right. Oh my days. Right. Looks Great. like it looks like um Townsville and the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> <sighs> I, I guess I would probably have to see the other nominations as well. Yeah. Um. To be fair, that's, that's but. Um, <laughs> Oh man, yeah. the silence killed me. Should oh, we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Let's should we move on. Right, let's go to um so personality of the year. Um and that was Chunks. Congratulations. Honestly, yeah, I'm like super happy for him. Just got a sky show. Like he's really funny. Um yeah, and considering the whole category, I'm just happy he won. Um oh, me because too. yeah, that category, huh, we're not gonna speak on it, but um yeah. ZZ Mills. Chope, shut up. Let's let's not. <laughs> We're not doing that. Let's not. Let's not. We're not gonna go there. Um let's go. Like, um yeah. Chunks, Eden. Yeah, think? I, I think Chunk should have won that one. Chucky Online's had a great year as well. I love his podcast. Um I'm glad to see there's podcasts on there as well. Um but yeah, Chunk should have won that one. Mm. Found it a bit weird that Mo was presenting and he was like bit odd yeah and i wouldn't odd. really call him he's not and he's not a personality i mean he's a, he's a comedian i wouldn't really put him in that i mean i do like him but i don't know why he was nominated for that you know yeah but the right person won that's the main thing chunks has been great this year like for real like, big I've year been, i've been watching his um his youtube channel and the series he's on with is it for asylum yeah i think it's for asylum. yeah yeah um, it's for asylum that's been hilarious so i think he deserved it mm. shout out shout out to him um Let's move on. Breakthrough of the year. Um, this the naming of it was a bit weird. This kind of category, just breakthrough. Um, anyway, Dutchavelli, Steph London's brother, won this category. Um, no, no, no. I actually like Dutchavelli a lot. Like so, yeah. But um, thoughts. Why is J one on this? <laughs> Um, what I, I don't understand yeah. he's not and that's not even being um, disrespectful his song came out like two years ago so how is he a breakthrough artist of the year oxgrm daily when you next see them like there are some good people on here like millions um that song he released what was it called was it actually called millions or was it called billions i can't remember one of the two billions yeah billions, billions. that slapped. that was a really good song um mm. and there was a lot of like build-up for that and yeah. pounds as well shout out to steph um He's been doing amazing things. Like he released a video recently called TikTok or something like that. Yeah. Um, which looks really good. Has his own dance and everything to it as well. And he's had a great year. But there are some people on here that I just like J1, for example. Why is he on there? I'll never understand that artist ever. But it's what it is, right? Music business. It's the music business. Um, Anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right, the rest of the awards I don't really care about. I can't even lie to you. Like Radio DJ of the Year, I don't really care. I don't really care about producer of the. Actually, I do. Like J five producer of the one. year, J five won. So yeah. yeah, that's cool. And that will do, I, was, I guess. I was just really happy to see um, so many women in the 
radio DJ of the year category. That's that's the only thing I've heard about really. Yeah, yeah. shout out Tiffany, shout out Henry. Fuck, I love Henry. Shout out Yinka and Shana. Yeah, Henry's killing it. Robert, Robert Bruce, come on. Like his interviews are just so good as well. But yeah. I'm just glad um, Charlie Sloth didn't win for another year in a row. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of the Mobos. My bad. Yeah, no. Yeah. He's been really silent lately, so I'm glad other people can kind of, like pick up the mantle. Yeah. Reals. It was a good category. Kano was brilliant. Kano was... Such a standout. It was such a simple kind of video as well, but honestly, people, lo- people know how much I love Kano, and this video for me just symbolizes why. And um, there are a few tweets I saw about how Kano minds his business, releases his music and stands for his community. And literally, that's all he does. He is an amazing artist. And this album, the fact it's still being spoken about and people are still like, this is an amazing project. I have to just congratulate him. It's the best performance of the night. He should have won awards, which I'm annoyed about. Um, But yeah, I didn't like. I'm still glad he's getting his flowers, personally. I thought it was spectacular. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. really good, really well yeah. done. Like you said, very simple, but very effective. He's yeah. a good actor. Oh, I've well. always said that. In terms of he's like good. Top Boy, yeah. he's good. What did you guys think of Ivorian Doll? <clears throat> oh. Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> oh. What... It- I, I will say that I'm, I'm like, I'm... Apparently you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly and consistently impressed by how much she has improved. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's such a political answer. Like, what did you think of the performance? I thought it was, I thought it was, um... She did her best. Yeah, she, she, she did. Yeah. I didn't get the Michael Jackson thing. I, I didn't think that that was necessary. Um, and I don't think it was well executed. But the rest of it, I, I thought was, was good for like a, a new artist that, you know, just gained fame from being in an online beef. So now I'm going to get into the interview of Stefan Burton. As I said earlier, he is a London-based celebrity hairstylist and groomer working across many fields. So I will start with a generic question. So how did you get into hairstyling and was this a career path you always saw for yourself? Um, so I I was at college uh, doing my A-levels in English literature, English language, psychology and philosophy. Um, and I did my first year and I got a, a job uh, during the summer months um, just in the salon. And... I just never went back to do my second year of college. Um, I started training and just kind of really enjoyed it and yeah, put the put the formal education down and then trained to be a hairstylist. And I'd, I'd never, ever imagined that I would be doing this for, you know, a living. But here we are, things happen. And yeah, here I am. But yeah, never would have imagined it. If you would have told me that I was doing this, and every day for years upon years, I literally would have laughed quite hard. (laughs) (laughs) It it, had never been anything that I'd even thought about previous to getting the job in the salon. What did you want to do? Um, I kind of always wanted to do psychology. 
I wanted to get into to being a psychologist. And then I started playing around with music production, thought I wanted to do that. I, I ended up changing my philosophy A-level into music, te music technology, um, but never really finished that. Um, so yeah, who knows what, what I would have been doing. I think the way the world is now as well is you, you don't have to choose one thing. You can do so many, so many things throughout your lifetime. Um, so yeah, I, I never wanted to limit myself, but hair was never on the agenda. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the production thing because I don't think people are aware of this, but Stefan has a very cool remix um, oh God. of Whitney Houston's I Every Woman to the Say So beat. And it slaps. <laughs> oh, <thank> <laughs> I would have never thought of those songs together. But I was like, wow, your mind. <laughs> my mind. Oh my god. <laughs> no, some sometimes I I I you know, I'm sure you're the same as well. Like you'll you'll have an idea of something and then you put it together and find that it works. Like for, for every idea that doesn't work, there's sometimes an idea that does. So yeah, I I just heard it together in my head and put them together and they sounded pretty good. But then I, I feel like with mashups, not not everybody likes everyone so some people hate it some people like it i liked it and i thought it worked i enjoyed it a lot but um yeah eden nick turn. um i wanted to ask um what is your kind of favorite thing about doing hair um what is the aspect that keeps you going and every day and like what yeah just explain to us and our listeners what the best aspect of being in your profession is <laughs> for me it's the turning up to work doing my job going home and then doing something completely different the next day um i could be on a, on a music video one day with one artist and then be doing a photo shoot for a brand the next and you know having different teams to work with and it's it's such a collaborative environment that, that i think that's what i enjoy most about it really um, just the, the the variation of different things that I'll be doing in the space of one week um, with so many different people and so many different angles and different types of people. That's what I enjoy most about it, I think. That sounds super exciting. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, Shop, eh? Right. Well, I'm going to bring it back to the music because obviously this is a music podcast. And yeah. I think <laughs> Stefan is a bit uh, wondering why we called him on here. But there is obviously, there actually is a a relationship between hair and music that I wanted to, to talk about. So yeah. over the years, there's been like many iconic hairstyles that have become synonymous with particular artists and eras. So like, you know, for example, we have, you know, Elvis and the Pompadour and the Beatles and the Mop Tops and many reggae artists and dreadlocks. Then you have like those braided beads of Stevie Wonder and Patrice Rush and Sarita Wright. Oh yeah. And um, Rick, Rick James. Exactly. The Supremes and the Beehive. So I wanted to ask you, why do you think there's historically been such a strong tie between hair and music? That is such a good question. Well, that's why I do. Um, why? I think uh, with all the the people that you mentioned, I think, and all the styles that you just mentioned, I think they they've always been so um, bold and and so expressive. So in a way, an extension of the artists. Um, like you can't, you can't really imagine 
every time that you, you say an era of Rihanna's career, you can name that hairstyle. Like if I was to say uh, the rated R era, you, you would immediately think of that, that mushroom that she had. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's almost like an extension of, of the artist in a way. And I, I think makeup comes into that sometimes as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think hair is, is easily made iconic because there's so much that people haven't seen before um, and so many different crazy things that you can do. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's just, a, I said it, but it's, it's just an extension of a period, an extension of a specific time or uh, a specific mood. But yeah, that's that's a really good question. And to piggyback off that, what's your favorite iconic music hairstyle from over the years, the decades? If there was one artist, which hairstyle really like that's the one? Um, to be honest, I wouldn't say that it is it is one that I loved, but the one that I find most iconic is in in recent times. In a way, is obviously the the red curly rihanna i don't even know what it wasn't a bob but it was that that it wasn't an afro either but you know what i'm talking about when it was red and curly when she came out with the was it the loud album i loved that i, I thought it was really bold you, you would walk down the street and see so many girls who would dyed their hair red because of that and made a mess of it and it was all stringy and it didn't look the same but you could tell that it was iconic because so many girls went out and did it but I love that but then I I, I loved um Amy Winehouse's Beehive I thought that was great um obviously a, a throwback to the Supremes in the, the 60s and 70s but yeah those, those are my my faves I think all right um so in terms of music and like artists you've worked with in that realm I wanted to ask you what is one of your looks that you are the most proud of or that's been the boldest or just just the look that you look back on and like yeah I did I did my thing that day um I probably can't even talk about it right now (laughs) um because it's it's sorry it's it's due it's due to come out actually um can you hint at it there was there was a shoot that I did the other day that my my most recent shoot um with British right um we did some African threading, um, which is something that I'd never done before, but it looks yeah. great. Um, um, I, I was really happy with that. So it's, it's like things like that. Like I, I turned up to the shoot, well, I was told about the shoot the day before and yeah. told that, that they wanted some African threading, never done it before, didn't even have thread. It's like this specialized um, rubber thread I had to, to barrage someone with these requests on eBay to try and get this thread because it was like 8 p.m. Um, so it's it's sometimes it's also not just the the hairstyle or the the outcome, but also the the journey from, from being told what needs to be done to doing what needs to be done. It's not always what it looks like. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's the journey getting there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty proud of that one. But you can't tell us who it is. Oh no! It was. It was th- this. This one is already out. I. I took it back. I took the one that that I was <laughs> going to mention back, and I'm talking about a different one now. Uh, but yes, my latest shoot was Letitia Wright. 
Yes. And this wasn't actually my next question, but I'll ask it now anyway, because, you know, segue. So I know obviously she's not a music artist, but it appears that you have a good relationship with her because you've worked with her so many times. So I was going to say like, so why is it you think that she's called on you so many times and is working with her like a collaborative thing or do you kind of go in already knowing what you're going to do? Um, uh, for me, I, I just think I'm, I'm very chill. Like I'm, I'm not trying to create a moment. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to ride on anyone's coattails. I'm just chill. I treat everybody the same. I don't, uh, I'm very, I wouldn't say anti-celebrity, but I, I really don't give a shit that anyone's famous. I, even though it's, it's what I do for a living, like I, I, I go home. I, I go on a shoot. I'm not trying to be these people's like BFFs. I'm I'm trying to have a good time at work and trying to you know crack a few jokes, but I'm not trying to hang on to them. And I think the the clients that I do work with really appreciate that because um, their lives are full of that. I'm sure people just trying to hone in on what they have and use them as some sort of like transactional pawn in a sense. Um, and that's that's not what I'm about at all. I. I like to go to work, do what I do, do it well, and then go home. So I think that's, that's yeah, I think that's what the clients that I work with appreciate about me. Is a look or the right style, the right image, is it crucial to the success and length of an artist's career? Is it just as important as the music or does it depend on the, on the individual? Hmm. I, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's never going to be as important as the music. But I, I, I do think the... Some artists, they're very much image-based. I, I, think, I think it's probably relative. Like for me, as a consumer of music, I would never say that the image is more important. I, I would always feel like the, the, the music is the most important thing. Um, maybe to like teams and record execs and, and labels, Maybe sometimes with some artists, the, the aesthetic is more important. But for me personally, as as just a consumer, and to be honest, every, everyone that I've worked with, is, is the look has always been secondary. Um, but I do think it is, yeah, really important. Um, maybe a bit too important, but I, maybe I shouldn't say that because then I would be out of a job. <laughs> but for me, the music should always be the most important. Okay. Nick, back to you. Does that answer your question? No, no, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, I wanted to ask about, I think this is a really obvious question, but I think it's really important to kind of know the implications just because people would love to kind of know how people survive this period. So in terms of COVID and stuff like that, like how did it impact your career exactly? Were there other things you had? You mentioned earlier in the interview that you, like, one thing doesn't define us necessarily in terms of a career so were there other things to get stream of income during that time did you have stuff saved up all of that like how was how was navigating COVID-19 for you um and when did you start working again would you say like in when did you feel comfortable with the like doing hair again in music or in Um, music in entertainment sorry uh so I didn't work for from March to I think July at all. Okay. Um, 
so that that was different um but i i um i keep saying it but i'm very chill i'm i i'm easy to like stay at home and you know not be doing anything and i, I was busy anyway like I, I bought a flat with my partner and i got a dog and just stayed busy so covid that, that whole covid lockdown period it wasn't it wasn't difficult for me but i did definitely miss work um and i would have preferred to have, have been out and about but you know it's, it's a situation that calls for everyone to to be at home so it wasn't exactly possible um in terms of of what i was doing um i am currently the uk ambassador for a brand called Shea Moisture. Yeah. Um, so, um, like we don't know what it is. I, say it again. Like we don't know what it is. Just oh, Shea Moisture, just a brand ambassador. Oh, uh, it's it's like a hair care brand. I was being um, sarcastic. We know what it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So in terms of like money and stuff. I had like a, a bit of a lump sum from from them, so it was it was it was cool. I I didn't have to worry, which I'm I'm very thankful for. Um, and work, I I did have bits and pieces of work for them as well because I was just doing social bits like on on Instagram. And yeah, I saw you with cool. Jay like doing your Instagram live yeah. and stuff, which was cool. Yeah, she's great. She was really great. Um, she really helped me actually because that was one of my first Instagram lives, and I was I. I don't get nervous, but I was, I was like, I was sweating a bit because I, I didn't know if I was going to be any good. So she really oh. helped me. Um, so yeah, I was just doing, doing bits and pieces for that. So I, I was busy with work in a sense, but it was, it was just different. Like, I feel like everyone's had to kind of pivot into doing something different. Like, like you guys have had to, you know, start recording over the internet so everyone's just changed the way that they work yeah i was gonna say it's hopefully getting back to normal but it seems like it's it's going in reverse at the moment yeah so, so maybe it's not getting back to normal <laughs> new normal new normal yeah new normal right shop or ian or so um which musician or artist is a who's a dream musician or artist you would like to style and in what capacity so music video an editorial shoot red carpet and why oh my gosh um do you know what people ask me this all the time and i never know what to say um i i would just like anyone new and upcoming someone that that is is smart and has their head screwed on um but in terms in terms of look there's no specific look like i i i just enjoy doing what i do but I recently worked with uh, a girl called Hope Tala. I love her. Um, an, an artist called Hope, Hope Tala. I love her. She was she she's great. So I I would hope to continue working with her. Um, so yeah, she's new, and I, I would love to you know just continue working with her and continue growing with her. That's what I enjoy starting with someone and then growing from there. Yeah, but but dream artist. Um, <laughs> I'd love. I mean, I'd love to to star Mary J. Blige's hair. Yes. Oh gosh, that would be so funny. You gotta get that blue dye I, instead. Could, could you imagine? I would. I would love that. That would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. we could have like dance battles. 
<laughs> oh, my. oh my god come in the boots what you doing <laughs> oh my gosh don't bring up burger king <laughs> oh my god i i hate when people bring that up but i because i'm i'm i try to be like a really unbiased fan rather than a stand but sometimes sometimes it's, yeah. it's difficult to keep it suppressed but when people sure. bring up the burger king thing i'm just like oh because i feel like everybody was doing those those um, they were like there was a, you know yeah Whitney did did a few Aretha did a few there was that that country singer that did did one for KFC let me <laughs> Aretha and Patty did did the McDonald's yeah the Mary J uh, Mary J Blige moment for me was the um singing to Hillary Clinton oh thing. my god oh <laughs> my that's the one I can't even stomach to watch anymore Eden. Eden. Uh, that whole video is bad vibes. I can't believe when it happened. I was just oh, my hands are like nah. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Listen, <laughs> Mary, is it a Mary, gun? Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the glasses for me. <laughs> no, for me it was Hillary's face the entire time. <laughs> oh man, what a time! What a time! What a time. Um, in terms of like learning the whole process and stuff in your early days, uh, how long did that take you? Were there any like frustrations? Um, I just want to get into that part like of your career from when you first started working in the salon to really mastering hair. And I know it's a process and you always learn new stuff, but in terms of yeah. having the confidence to really take your brand elsewhere, like, yeah, how did that process come about in terms of the learning aspect? Um, I mean, I, I trained for four and a half years um, at the salon that I was at. And I, I mean, I, I think it was, um, uh, it was extensive anyway, but it was also extended, um, I think, by the powers that be and how political it was in the salon. Um, for a whole heap of reasons I, I I won't bother getting into but um I think I was I was held back a little bit um just because I was I was young and and moody and it's it's a different kind of world because it's very service-based and I'm not very good at, at being a service person so that's why it took so long because it wasn't just about doing the hair but it was also about greeting people with a smile and being a really good service giver. And I just didn't give a shit about any of that. I just, I just wanted to, to, to do hair well. Um, so I, I trained for four and a half years and eventually learned how to, to be customer facing. Um, but I didn't enjoy it. I, I hated it. I hated having to, to fake smile or fake conversation that I didn't want to be taking part in for an hour with one person um and I just felt like, like I couldn't be myself and I, just, in, I just in general I just got very very bored um so I qualified after four and a half years and then I somehow stayed doing that for two and a half years um and the boredom just just got too much so I left on my 20 either my 24th or 25th birthday, I can't remember. Um, but that was my birthday gift to myself. And I, I got three jobs 
I worked in a bar in Dalston. I moved to Dalston. I was in Battersea. I moved to Dalston, got a, a bar job there. And then I was doing waitering as well in the evenings. And then I also yeah. was assisting other hairstylists doing what I do now. Um, so I had three jobs essentially, um, while also trying to do my own shoots and build up a portfolio good enough to, you know, get work and have my name up there. Um, so that was the process. And I did that for about a year and then eventually just started, you know, getting recommended by people and just crazy things started mm -hmm. happening and, and meeting crazy people that could put me in touch with other people and just growing from there really. Um, so now I've, I've been doing this for, I think four years, I think, I think I should really have, have more of a handle on the timeline. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I think it's about four years, but everything's happened really quickly. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. So I have two more now. So, uh, my last one isn't about hair, but this is my last hair related question. So if you can, what has been um your most high stress job high stress it's like was it a shoot or i do you know what i i don't get stressed everybody's i was just about to say you don't, you don't seem like the type of person to get stressed you seem quite chill yeah yeah i'm so so chilled and do you know what i think that's that's another reason why um people like to use me um I, I'm not very flappable. I, it, like someone could be, you know, breathing down my neck and I'd be able to just ignore it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm unflappable. I don't get stressed. So I might, you know, get a bit sweaty on my forehead. I always mention that. But other than that, like, it's, it's very difficult to, to stress me out. Um, so most high stress environment. I mean, the, the shows, the the fashion week shows are, are pretty high stress. But even then, I'm I'm in my own zone and trying to drown everybody out. Nick, you have anything else? Uh, I just wanted to ask, what has been the most difficult style that you've had to do um, before? Um, and how did you overcome difficult. that? Um, I don't know how to say it in a way that doesn't make me sound like a dickhead, but... I, f I feel like <laughs> I, f I feel like if you know what you're doing it sh really shouldn't be that difficult and, and okay. I know what I'm doing I, 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 I realise that makes me sound like a dick but no it doesn't it doesn't um, it's honest like we like honesty here so yeah and everyone yeah, should I, be good I, at their job yeah I mean if, if if I even take the example of the African bedding that I was speaking about earlier um never done it before, never seen it done. I am, you know, Africans, obviously I'm not speaking about people from African countries. I know Africa's a continent, but there's an Af Africans have a really tight grip on hair. It's, they do hair a completely different way to West Indians um, and people from the Caribbean. Um, so I, it's, it's not something that I'd ever encountered before. Um, so I, I just did it on the day and that's because I know what I'm doing and I know hair, um, and it, it wasn't difficult, even though I'd never done it before. So yeah, difficult. I, I don't know. I'm, 
I, I know what I'm doing, so it's never Yeah, difficult. that's an answer. Perfect. Right. So my last question, and I'm assuming the last question of the interview, I'm assuming, Eden, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. So, um, you know, from following you on Twitter for a while and obviously bumping into you at various shows, and you've kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hinted at it, like, you know, you're an uncle like me, you're an yeah. RB head like me, so... Uncle is United. Yes. And I'm speaking into existence. We'll be at a Fantasia show together in 2021. Absolutely. I, I need to see Fantasia. I need to see young, young Patty. Yes. And we will be there um, with our... Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. So I was going to use this time to, you know, so people can get to know outside of your job. So who are your personal favourite artists and what do you listen to in your downtime? And I guess Eden probably would want to know, who do you stand? Who do I stand? <laughs> I really do. I hate to think of myself as a stand because I, I feel like I I do my best to, um, I said it before, but try to not be biased and to be able to uh, look at artists objectively and not just stand blindly. But I absolutely adore Mary J. Blige. Um, I love, I love the Squallers. Like I love Fantasia. Mm. I love um, Jasmine Sullivan. Um, I, I I do really like Beyonce. Um, male artists, I'm I'm not as much into. Um, but I love Jordan. I don't know how to say his surname. I should, but Rakai. I love Jordan Rakai. Yeah, I absolutely love him. I could listen to. I've got a playlist with every recording that he has on Tidal and I could listen to that for hours. Um, I love Emily King. I absolutely adore Emily King. I, I wish that she she got a bit more recognition. Very good choice. Yeah. Uh, who else do I love? I love kindness. Yes. Kindness is, is everything for me. Um, but yeah, uh, kindness, Emily King, Jordan. I said Jasmine Sullivan already. Um, well, you've said you stand um, Mary. So what's your favourite Mary J. Blige album? Your number one? My number one. Uh, my number one is Share My World. Okay. Um, that's, that's, I, that's the album that... I feel like everybody has those albums that they grew up with and grew up hearing. And to be honest, at the time, I hated it. But you grow up and you realise that it's, it's, it's jams on jams. Um, so yeah, that's that's my favorite Mary album. Okay. What's yours? Um, well, my favorite song is probably Share My World. Like my favorite song is Share My World. I love the song mm. Share My World. Oh, you had you had you had to repeat that three times. I just have to because it's 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 I love it. And when I saw yeah. her at Essence last year, she did that song and I screamed <laughs> and I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it because obviously it wasn't a single or anything. So yeah. I'm, I'm, as you said, I'm uh, an uncle just like you. So I, I love all the, the old stuff. Like I love Faith Evans and, and Tony Braxton and Tamia, Celine Johnson. I'm, I'm definitely an uncle. Yeah. But my favorite and album. I'm, I'm an uncle. And I love Legacy. I'm I'm a legacy stand. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Well, um, yeah, those are my questions. So, Eden, do your thing. No, I was actually going to ask because I, I don't think you said who you stand. Like, who, do, which artist do you stand? Is it Mary J. Blige? Yeah, you said Mary J. Blige. Yeah, so. Oh, it's Mary J. Blige. Okay, cool. So. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on the episode, Stefan. I, I appreciate that we've had loads. No, of thanks. I, 
no worries. I hope it was somewhat relevant to your audience. I hope they're not they're not gonna listen and be like, "Why the hell is this hairstylist on here?" Nah, man. Like they're gonna enjoy it. Hopefully, <laughs> it was a good interview, and you're definitely the most chilled person we've interviewed before, which is a good kind of balance for our energies and everything individually. But oh, we're really? quite, yeah, we're all quite chilled, pretty much. We we're talking yeah. about this last week, I think, as well. Um, so yeah, you were a great guest and thank you for your patience with the technology. Um, for any listeners, literally we've had error after error today, but you managed to get the episode <laughs> in the end, which is really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, this is Don't no, Let The Stands. Thank you for having me. I, yeah. No, sorry, no I'm interrupting you. See, you can tell that I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so I'm going to say this is Don't Let The Stands. So this is, um, season five, episode three. Uh, you can find us individually on Eats McKenzie, IMN Tyrell, Shope Showerton, and Stefan. I I only know you as Broken Prometheus, if I'm if I'm being honest. I know you've changed oh, your I, recently. I, yeah, yeah, I changed it because I had to um, rebrand. <laughs> okay, so what is your where where can people find you? Uh, is um, Stefan Burton, so S T E F A N B E R T I N, on both Instagram and Twitter. And he has an amazing YouTube channel as well, by the way, guys, for men, any men that are interested in hair care, you should be. Um, you should find his channel on um, YouTube under his name, so Stefan Burton. And that is it for today, guys. That has been an amazing episode and we hope to hear from you soon. Peace. Bye.